I'm extremely excited to announce that this episode is being brought to you by DC Kitchens. In the greater Louisville area, phone number 502-296-7574. That's right, this is Don Cunningham himself, the man that raised the man. This is Wes's dad. Uh, This is a master craftsman. This guy has been at it for 43 plus years working on kitchens, working on his craft. Uh, If you think back to the golden rule of spending 10,000 hours on something to become a master, try more like 100,000 hours for Don. And not for nothing, he's a cool guy, he's got a cool vibe, go see him, he will get your kitchen right. Thanks, Don. We are also brought to you by Rude Boards, a custom skateboard company located in Cincinnati, Ohio, made by none other than the legend himself, Wes Cunningham. They're hand-pressed, hand-shaped, hand-painted, hand-stained. He's built quite the following on Instagram. This is not some rinky-dink little thing. Uh, He has over 13,000 followers. Go find him on Instagram at rude underscore boards, or you can contact him via email wscunningham1 at gmail. Talk about a guy living his life authentically. It's Wes. Go get a rude board. A little disclaimer before we get rolling here. You're about to hear some ads. They are all from local entities that want to support the baseball community. A lot of these guys have deep connections. We're players themselves. So if you see having a need for any one of these services, please go patronize these guys. Thank you. We are also brought to you by 226 Sports, located at 3604 North Peoria Road, 217-670-1609, Springfield Info at turn2outs.com. Uh, Multiple entities under this umbrella. Turn 2 training, which is team or individual instruction. Teams can come in and rent it out, or an individual can come in and get instruction from a top-of-the-line instructor. Uh, There's the Extreme Baseball and Softball Club run by my buddy Kyle Welch. They have 9U all the way up to 17U teams and Washco Strength and Speed, one of our other sponsors. We are officially backing this entity, and it's because of Kyle Welch. I love this guy. I love his passion. I love his knowledge. Uh, I love his vision. He's an absolute baseball dude. He knows hitting. Uh, Like I said, he has a vision to grow this into what Springfield deserves, and that's a top-of-the-line facility to help young ballplayers progress. I believe in Kyle as a person and as a leader of young men. Go see 226 Sports. We are also brought to you by Jared Washko of Washko Strength and Speed, located at 3604 North Peoria Road, 217-899-3233. WashcoStrengthAndSpeed.com. I think Jared is the premier trainer for youth athletics in the Springfield area, specifically baseball and softball. He is on it from his training modalities to his throwing programs to speed to getting stronger to getting faster. The proof is in the pudding. Jared cranks out athletes at high levels that go on to the collegiate levels. Go see Jared for all your strength and speed needs. We are also brought to you by Eric Easley of the Easley Real Estate Team. With the Real Estate Group, he can be reached at 217-971-3256 or at theeasleysalesteam.com. This is Eric Easley, local baseball legend back in the mid-90s, was a shortstop quarterback combo at Southeast, stand out there, went on to play at uh, Western Illinois and was an umpire for a long time. Now he has been in the real estate game for about 13 years, have a lot of respect for this guy, I've always liked this guy. Happy to have him on board. Please go see the Easley Real Estate team for all your real estate needs. We are also brought to you by Christ the King Men's Club. 
This was facilitated by my good buddy, John Chisholm. We grew up playing baseball together, played on the flame together, played high school ball. He played some college ball at Spoon River. This is a great organization. They put on tons of events. They raise money for the school. They put it back into the academics, into the sports. They do bourbon raffles, breakfast with Santa, mother-son dances, silent auctions. It's all positive. It's all good. We really appreciate you, Christ the King Men's Club. Thank you. We are also brought to you by Cornerstone Financial Services, specifically the founder and my buddy, Ryan Kaiser. We were part of the Dance Dads together. We met while our daughters were doing ballet. Love this guy. They're a huge baseball family. His son plays for the Arsenal. They're doing a baseball stadium tour. Um, you can get a hold of Ryan for he specializes in retirement planning, estate planning, and is a certified financial planner. Love this guy. Go support them. Appreciate you. Wesley, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> what's, going, what's going on, my brother? Oh, not much. Just uh, finished up some mundane real-world work stuff, and now I'm ready to dive back in. Just the, the, the life of an Indiana Jones? <laughs> yes, sir. Man, uh, I mean, I'm so pumped to get rolling on here. Uh, we're going to call this episode Couple Part 3. Or couple three, there you go. couple three. <laughs> <laughs> that is our uh, our nod to Coach Mac. One of his uh, lines he always said was "Couple three, he'd always go to it." <laughs> so, man, I'm uh, I'm so pumped to be getting back into it. I've got my my hat that you gave me back in the day here. Heck yeah, see that it's uh, ten caps, Fort Wayne ten caps. You gave me back back in the day. Still cherish it. To kind of recap before we kind of move on here, and parts one and two were just. So fantastic and so fun, and it was so cool to hear from all these people. And uh, so just to, to recap a little bit, we went all the way through Little League, uh, your unlikely journey through baseball, your incredibly supportive parents, uh, your competitive spirit. Everyone got, got a laugh out of that. Uh, your, your drumming, your suit pants, getting recruited <laughs> or not getting recruited, uh, some of your academic stuff, you know, your first three years um, at Murray and uh, – uh, I forgot to mention that last time Seth McFarland was, was part of the, the guys that I interviewed. He was a pitcher at Murray State. And then I actually, in between uh, our last episode and today, I, I talked to, to Mark Harmon. So Mark Harmon's going to be jumping on this. And then I've, also got a, I've got a special guest that's going to take us out. It's going to surprise some people. Oh, wow. But, but uh, you know, privately, you kind of texted me after we, we wrapped, and it was cool. And I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but you said something like, I didn't know that I needed this and like how cool this kind of felt for you. And that it was cool to hear all these other people talk about how your journey was worth remembering. And that was, that's what this is all about. So like, I was so touched to hear that and that you're getting something from this. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. And <clears throat> I think some of it comes with, you know, really appreciating things more, the older you get, but also, yeah. I mean, I, I reflect on things like that a lot just with my line of work, uh, being a historian and, and putting value on, on stories from the past. And yeah, uh, I feel like it's easy to, you know, discount your own story sometimes or, yeah. or write it off as if, you know, like, Oh, this, <clears throat> this is just what happened. This, you know, this, this, what happened to me these few years, these couple, three years. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it, it was very cathartic. It was very, uh, it, it really reminded me uh, of how important that part of my journey was and yeah. how, how much it shaped who I am today. Um, and we'll get into more of that, you know, as, as 
as we talked today, but uh, just that reflection was so important. And then just how touching it is to, to hear from yeah. guys I consider, you know, my family, uh, yeah. coaches who I have, you know, looked up to sure. and still admire. Um, it's, it's really touching to hear that, you know, uh, people think back um, positively about their experience with me and, and our yeah. combined experience, you know, and, and the game we call baseball. So uh, I've, I've been itching to, to jump back in. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Me too, buddy. And before we like really get where we kind of left it off was uh, I, I, I want to touch on your summer with the El Dorado Broncos and what that was like for you, your first time with Woodbat and stuff. But there's a few funny things I want to get to first. <laughs> so let's a uh, couple funny things to get started. Um, we, we both kind of agreed on it. You touched on it in I think part one or two that Murray State is kind of thought of as like kind of like a middle ish division one baseball program. Right. You know, we're. Yeah, we're not Ole Miss. We're not Mississippi State, but we're, we're certainly not the worst. And, you know, it, it you know, probably across if we played Ole Miss 20 games, probably wouldn't fare too great. But for a game or two, we could always hang, you know, oh, yeah, do some things. But here's here's my point to this being, I think Murray State has a, has a rich history of, you know, good baseball, some pro players coming out of there. I think we have a richer history of some very strong Mario Kart. <laughs> you know some Mario Kart players and I, here's my here's my point being if you flipped it and there was some sort of a division one Mario Kart tournament or ranking I think we're the Ole Miss and and you know Ole Miss I is somebody else I will have to jump in here and and uh <laughs> you know make sure that we're clear that we're talking about the you know the OG Nintendo 64 yes, Mario 100%. Kart 100 percent no, yep, no. Well, I guess it's not the OG, but it's you know the the, right. the Nintendo sixty four Mario Kart. Yeah, uh, I would argue that that Murray State has produced some of the best in the world. Um, <laughs> Nintendo sixty four Mario you know, Kart like, players during our era, it was just a big thing. It was uh, a lot of people would congregate at our apartment. We were ten twelve. Yes, and, sir. Uh, you know, before we would go out, people would play Mario Kart. Sometimes we would end of the night coming back home and playing Mario Kart. It'd be there was just a lot of Mario Kart playing. And when people get well, together now, there's still Mario. People, Someone brings a 64 and people start getting 100%. down. And, and one thing to, to kind of clarify to the folks who aren't as familiar with uh, Murray State as it was back when we all went to school there, uh, it was what they called a moist county. You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't buy alcohol in stores. That's right. And as, as a result of that, you could buy it in, in restaurants and bars. So as a result of that, as opposed to most other colleges where – you know, people would go out, you know, to parties and they'd pregame and then they'd go to the, you know, the bars to finish the night off. We, we would pregame in these like kind of super like low key, like hangouts sometimes where we yeah. play Mario Kart. We'd have a few beers. Then we'd go to the bars and the bars closed at like 12, you know, 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Yeah, and then, then we'd go back to the parties, you know. So uh, <laughs> Mario Kart was part of that pregaming strategy. It was it was. It was it was getting your mind right before before you really had to kick the night off. <laughs> who, do you, who do you think, in uh, in your opinion, are a couple of, of the greatest uh, Murray State racers in, in Mario Kart history? Oh man, I'm I, I'm I'm going to be skewed here because uh, I have like like you mentioned, these guys still they still game. There are some heavy hitters um, out there. Oh my goodness! But uh, I will put in my top three off off the top of my head, and again, this is just because I, I've. I've hung out with them in recent years. Let's, where they let's, still... let's see if our list match up here. Go ahead. I've got I've got Decal, mm -hmm. Harmon, Harmon, and Hill. Sure. 
Yeah, strong. So I, I didn't get to play with D Hill a lot, but I, I will 100% say Mark Harmon. He was, yes. I, thought, I thought he's, he's the, he's the champ of all time. That guy was lethal with uh, Yoshi. And it was just, <laughs> it was just over. He was amazing at power sliding, cleaned up always. Uh, Pettit was really good, if you remember. Oh, I forgot about Pettit. Pettit. Pettit was dirty, and then like another like you know he, the guy that wasn't a teammate of ours, but it almost felt like he was. Remember Flick? Oh my god, dude! It's so I feel like it's such a coincidence that we're talking today because I just got like you know those Facebook reminders. Huh? Uh, it was today. I want to say eight years ago, I was inducted into the Hall of Fame, oh, and wow. one of my Facebook reminders was a picture of me and Flick. Really? And Calhoun and T.O. And I was just thinking, I was like, cause I, I sometimes travel to Indianapolis whenever I do. I try to grab a beer with, with Flick. But, oh, yeah, man, he was – he might as well have been a part of the team. He was – Wasn't uh, that funny? Bread adjacent. <laughs> yeah, so, like, uh, Flick, Daniel Flick was uh, – I think he went to high school with, like, Decal and T.O. and Jamie Lightoff, I believe, and was like mm-hmm. he lived with them. And it just always felt like he was on the team, but he just wasn't at practice or games. Yeah. And what's funny is, man, I, I think a lot of people would argue that he, he, he was probably more athletic than half of our team. <laughs> he just he just didn't play. Who, who did you race with? Uh, when oh, when we played Mario Kart? Yeah, I was usually filling in an extra spot. So it was whatever was left over. But if I ever had my choice, it was always Yoshi. Yeah. I, I'm uh, glad, Yoshi. Yeah. Yoshi's strong. I'm, I'm glad you touched on some of the Murray State stuff because it was a unique campus and that it was moist and like we would you could go to bars but not for very long and we had to go down to like paris tennessee if you needed to get alcohol and like yep. it was a unique way a, a lot of house parties a lot of apartment parties and doing stuff like that it was it was just very and like i don't think obviously like uh i didn't really have anything to compare it to come going to murray right out of high school and then i'd visit friends who went to bigger schools and yeah. Uh, I was thankful I didn't go to those bigger schools because I probably would have gotten lost in the shuffle making yeah. bad decisions. Right. Um, but Murray, man, it was it was in my mind the perfect size. You know, there was there was a pretty good social life. Yeah. Um, you know, there was tons of stuff to do. There was always somewhere to go. Yeah. But it wasn't so overwhelming that. Yes. You know, it was a great size. Yes. Uh, and yeah, the. Uh, Going down to Paris, Tennessee, I remember at least one or two days in the locker room every week, there would be some consensus of, all right, who's going down south? Yep. And they would take the beer orders. Oh, man. (laughs) And I I remember uh, my first couple of years, uh, I felt like I was just putting in your dues being one of the under 21 lower classmen because you're – you offer to drive somebody who's old enough so that they can can buy it for everybody. And uh, I was actually – I was encouraged when I talked to Nick Paradosi. I think yeah. you might have met him on like, some like the yeah. return. Yeah, yep. he was a freshman when I was a senior, and uh, by the time I think he was a senior, Murray had become a full wet county where you, yeah. they, liquor stores were opening. And I remember him telling me that he used to make the the younger guys drive him down to Tennessee just so they could get the feel of what it's really like <laughs> to be in Murray. It's <laughs> part of the experience, boys. It is, man. You got to experience it. <laughs> That's so great. We're going to get into all the minutiae of what made Murray so funny and special and the place that we loved. But uh, moving on, and we'll probably get to a lot more of that when we get to the Q&A. There's some fun stuff in there. But, yeah. but before we move on, I want to get to ground ball BP. Oh, man. So that was a, a Murray State specialty. Yep. So let me uh, let, let me just uh, kind of lead us in here. Uh, ground ball BP 
was a drill that we did. It was a Coach Mac drill where essentially like everyone, was just, it was just round robin. You just kept going up to turn to hit, and you had to hit it on the ground or a very low line drive, you know, moving, simulating moving a, running, a runner over, right? Mm-hmm. If you did not accomplish your task, you had to run to the foul pole and back. And let me first say this by saying, you know, I have a lot of love and respect for, for Coach Mack. He, he brought me on to Murray State and gave me an opportunity. And I think anyone out there that played for Murray State would, would say the exact same. And, you know, this is not to be shitting on Coach Mack, but we did not like Grumball BT. And there's just, there's no other way to say it. We didn't, we didn't love it. We had a, it was kind of the intersection of like old school coaching of like really being very down, you know, slicing down through the ball versus we were learning about getting the ball in the air and things like that. So people felt frustration at times of like, why are we practicing getting out? Cause in division one baseball, t- unless you're West Cunningham, you know, <laughs> most of the time isn't out. So I, I first remember uh, big Merm, Jason Payton, Oh man! Kind of bucking the, the trend when I would have been a junior and you were a freshman, and every once in a while he would just say, "Kind of f it," and just hit a tank on purpose oh, yeah. and be like, "I'm just going to go draw, jog." Like I'm tired of doing ground ball BP. But so so let me let me lead you here with with a D Hill Daniel Hill clip, <laughs> and then we'll just kind of talk about ground ball BP if you want to. Cool. Heck yeah! Let's do it, buddy. All right, this is Daniel Hill. Yeah. So so. Ground ball BP, as you know, if you didn't hit a hard ground ball or like a hard real low line drive that basically like skimmed the dirt going into the outfield, you had to go run and touch the fence. Well, like my, I think my group, I I think it was me, Wes, Propes. I mean, it was all a bunch of guys that like, like we were out there trying, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're all, you know, more, we're not playing small ball. I'm not trying to leg out, you know, I'm not trying to like butt for a base hit. I like, that's just, not not our game and pretty much no one's game. Wes was probably the only one, maybe Probst, um, that could probably you know, had a little speed that could probably do that. Well, we all kind of we all kind of got tired of the whole like just getting getting out, practicing to get out. So we were like, screw this. We're all gonna just try to drop bombs and just go touch the fence and come back. So we 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 ruined Coach Max drill. There was I think uh I don't know if Wes started it. I don't remember. It, it probably was Probst who started it, to be honest with you. But he hit a bomb, and then he just we were kind of like, all right, yeah, it's on now. So then I think I came up like a, a hitter or two after, and I hit a bomb. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go jog and touch the fence. And then Wes comes up, hits a bomb, and we go touch the fence. So, like, this ground ball BP turned into, like, you know, basically, you know, freaking home run derby who could touch the fence the most. So. Like we 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 quit we quit practicing who could get out and we started practicing who you know who who could hit the farthest bomb so that was uh, that was kind of the end of ground ball BP for for us. You guys ruined ground ball BP. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean I don't want to throw probes under the bus, but it, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was him who was the first to just be like you know what Screw here it. it goes Screw here it, it goes <laughs> you know. Uh, because and you know I'll I'll say the same thing you did, man. Like not trying to knock uh, Coach Mack in any way. Not trying to. I mean, you find me a baseball player that that didn't have you know any issues with any of their coaches' drills, 100%. then I'll, I'll find you a liar. You know what I'm saying? Like, 100%. Uh, and uh, it, you know it it had the, the reasoning. Uh, in in certain respects, was there. You know, yes, there are times when when you know you're not when you do need to put the ball on the ground, but uh, yeah, it, it got to the point where, you know, <laughs> mutiny. Yeah. We, we just, <laughs> we weren't having it, you know? And uh, 
And I remember, I remember exactly what he's talking about because it, it kind of came down to this point where it was just bomb after bomb. Nobody, I mean, <laughs> the, the punishment was not so severe. Right. It, wasn't it would keep it. us from doing it. Right. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure I hit a ground ball and would sprint to first faster than if I hit a bomb and would just jog to the foul pole. Like, did, I'm pretty sure I was more exhausted from sprinting to first than I was to jogging. Did, did, um, did, did Coach Matt catch on and just bang it or did he keep rolling it out there or what? So at a certain point, I don't remember if this was in place of ground ball BP, but I remember I started seeing a new drill a lot more frequently than I did ground ball BP. And it was, it was each person you have to go up uh, during batting practice and announce what you're trying to work on. Um, Okay. Interesting. And so it would be, you know, uh, somebody would go up, you know, hit the ball to the opposite field. Um, Somebody would come up, you know, uh, getting on top of the ball, you know, whatever it was. Uh, but in my mind at that point, I kind of had the same mentality of like, all right, well, let's just have fun with this. And I remember going up every time and he'd be like, all right, what are you trying to work on? And I'd say squaring the ball up as if that's just my excuse. I mean, like, I'm just going to hit the ball as hard as I can. <laughs> I'm just going to hit the shit out of the ball, man. Uh, but yeah, man, ground ball BP, like you said, I think it was Peyton who was the first to kind of just – not give a damn. Can we say a few funny things about Big Merm too? Because I oh my Jason, goodness. So if you guys don't know, uh, Jason Payton was a catcher. He probably started two or three years at Murray. Strong catcher, had light tower power, and but you know a, a mountain of a man, so big and strong, and uh, wore like leather, like farming gloves or like gardening gloves. Yeah, gardening gloves in place of batting gloves. I believe his hands were so big, and he just wore out batting gloves so much that that's. So, we, you know, we'd show up to Mississippi State or Ole Miss, and this guy's got gardening gloves on, and they're just destroying him, you know? And uh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying he's just he's just leaning into every stereotype I'm sure they had. Right. This, you know, uh, mid-level D1 coming out of Western Kentucky. And this, <laughs> you got this big, you know, monster of a man coming out who had a mustache half the time, yeah. and, you know, just gardening gloves on his hands. Yep, and then he, uh, his nickname was Big Merm because he had a heart murmur. And it was a it was a playoff of Big Worm from Don't Be a Menace. So instead of Big Worm or Big Perm, it was Big Merm. So yeah, and uh, I don't know if I don't know if you remember, man. He would uh, you know, he was the catcher. So he, whenever we were hitting BP, he'd just go shag in the outfield. And half the time he would do it with no glove. He would just catch. I mean, pause like deep fly balls to to the outfield. He'd just catch it with in his giant banana hands. <laughs> and uh, he's the only one I've ever seen be able to do the, was it the Johnny bench thing? Oh, seven balls in one hand. Balls in your hand. Yeah. yeah. He had paws on him. Yep. All right. Well, perfect time. Let's, let's move on to, to El Dorado there. And uh, yeah. what was that experience like? So this is, this was going to be your first experience going into a upper level, you know, wood bat prospect league. There's a bunch of dudes there that are trying to, you know, be seen by, by pro scouts and feel what a wood bat feels like. And it's high caliber baseball. I'd love to know kind of just what your experience was doing that. Man, it was, I'll tell you, I, it was a fun, fun, fun experience. It was, it was a, it was a great experience. Uh, so I remember we moved straight from Murray. Um, mm-hmm. I think we were playing in the postseason that year at Murray. So like the timing worked out where I didn't even get a chance to go home. Yeah. So, uh, and I went out there with three of our teammates, uh, KT, Elliot Fry, and Chris Craycraft. Uh, and uh, uh, Chris Craycraft, we haven't talked about, was uh, one of our weekend starters, great pitcher. Yeah. Uh, transferred over from UK. Great and uh, yeah. um, I remember we uh, all kind of caravaned out uh, 
we stayed in St. Louis where Kyle's from on the way out there, stayed there for a night and drove the rest of the way. Uh, and uh, we all were put up by the same uh, host dad. Yeah. Um, a single guy with two kids um, put us in his basement. Uh, Kyle and I shared a room. I mean, it, it was, it was a fun experience in that regard that, you know, it me with my three buddies, my first time ever not having like anything to worry about, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like not having a job or not, yeah. you know, you know, feeling the freedom of not being in school and living on your own and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, the baseball wise, man, we had some damn good coaches. Yeah. Uh, they were straight out of, uh, I want to say it was a, a junior college in Texas that had just won the national championship. Um, and I mean, these guys were, couldn't have been more than a few years older than us. Uh, you know, they really, they might've been the, the best, my first foray into a coach doing a really good job of straddling that line between friend and coach. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Cause, Cause that's a delicate line, it's man. So that's such a delicate balance. You're right. Uh, it's tough. Because I mean, so many, you know, younger coaches, they, they try to be too much your friend and they lose their authority. Yeah. And on the flip side, you know, you got some folks who can't relate to you on a personal level and they end up just being this, you know, Figure. this third party floating yeah. out there. Right. Uh, well and these guys, I mean, th they knew the game. Um, but they also knew how to have fun. Uh, that was my first experience into uh, being able to kind of have the best of both worlds. You know, we could go out and in the pregame stuff, we could have our, our fun. We could have our laughs and, and, and everything. But once the game started, you know, we were uh, all business. Yeah. Um, and uh, got to do a throw a shout out to our host dad, uh, Kirby who uh, I think we probably changed his life being out there having the four of us in his basement, but um, he was amazing, you know, kind of uh, made life easy for us. And then, yeah. but as far as baseball, man, like you said, it was, it was my first introduction into, uh, you know, a team full of guys who are just as driven and, yeah. uh, you know, coming from all over the country, um, guys who really knew how to ball. And uh, I mean, they were all doing the same thing as we were, you know, we were, giving up our summer to come out and, and, you know, see, you know, see how we could do, see where baseball would take us. Yeah. Um, you know, scouts were coming to, to games pretty regularly. Uh, we were in the middle of nowhere. I mean, El Dorado is, I want to say half an hour, 45 minutes outside of Wichita. So I mean, we were playing small towns, but um, yeah. Yeah, it was a great, great experience. Uh, I, I have a lot of fond memories of, you know, like I said, having fun with the guys we played with. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I grew a lot uh, in my kind of approach to the game, having more freedom than I than I was used to, you know, because at Murray, like, yeah, we had freedom. We were living there on our own, but you still had class. You had other obligations. Sure. Uh, you know, here we wake up and there was a, a local junior college who gave us access to their weight room. And, cool. you know, if you wanted to work out, you go work out. If you didn't, you could have slept in every day and not yeah. given a damn. Uh so there's there, there's another level of kind of self accountability. Yeah. Um, now, were you working out hard during that summer, or were you more like maintenance? It would depend on the day. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I said, KT was out there, and him and I were, you know, used to working out together and pushing each other. Yeah. Um, so you know, there were days where we'd we'd bring it pretty hard, and there were days, you know, where we, you know, we might have gone out the night before, and it wasn't really what we wanted to do, so we'd go there. And, We'd still get our work in, but, you know, probably could have brought it a little harder. Yeah. Sure. Um, 
But uh, one thing I remember that kind of stuck with me are, are some of the lessons, like I said, I learned from the, the coaches out there. Like I said, they were young. They were uh, – it was my first experience into a coaching staff who was themselves trying to promote their career and yeah. to move forward with their career. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, not to say Coach Mack was stagnant, but, you know, I think – Murray State was his dream job. Yes, 100%. Um, you know, I mean, he still lives in Murray. Yeah. Uh, even after he uh, stopped coaching at Murray State. Yeah. And, uh, but these guys, they were young. You know, they, they took jobs at, at, at schools with the, with the pure intention of moving up, going to the next best school. Um, and uh, it, was, it was really cool to see. I, I remember they taught me some lessons that I needed learning. Um, and like I said, they also uh, – they also kind of fostered that, hey, we're going to be here. Uh, all of us, we're in a foreign place. We're all going to like, you know, get along together, play the game together, but we can also have fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, in that regard, it was it was a, a great kind of introduction into uh, what professional ball would eventually be. Absolutely. What was your uh, was this your first time really handling a wood bat? Yeah, I mean, other than those those. Uh, little leagues I've played in and, uh, in Louisville, those were wood bats, but you know, like I said, it wasn't, I, I didn't play that regularly and I, you know, we didn't take it that seriously, but right. this was my first introduction into, all right, this is every day taking batting practice, yeah. you know, I mean, cause a lot of those, that league I played in in Louisville, there was no pregame, right. you know, <laughs> if you got there early enough, you could maybe go to the cages if you had somebody to, to hit with, but right. other than that, you'd show up, you'd no stretch and you'd play. Yeah, and you guys had a very successful summer. I have it that you won the NBC World Series, and then you also yeah. were kind of like prospect of the league and hit three eighty nine, led the team in runs, stolen bases, and hit four dings. So your success success just continued, continued rolling. Yeah, I mean it was it was a lot of fun, and it was uh, it was kind of a, a little bit of a learning curve getting used to the wood bat. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I you know that's the benefit of of not ever putting the bat down is, is, you know, you just keep, you get to build on, yeah. you know, the momentum and the success that, that I had at Murray my junior year. Um, yeah. We ended up winning the, the NBC world series. It was cool. It was a, it was a, you know, it was a all night tournament. It played like, I forget how many days, but it was, you know, there were games all night. Um, and our final game, I think we, we withstood a huge rain delay and we stayed at the field just to get the game in. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up scoring the winning run in extra innings. Uh, I led off the inning with a uh, a double, and then I got moved over by a bunt, moved to third, and then a, a sack fly to win the tournament. Pretty cool. Um, and that was that was that was a great experience. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it, it was it was good because we were a team and a family that whole summer. So it was really yeah. fun to experience it with those guys and, mm -hmm. and, you know, um, all around great experience. And then, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure the next day or maybe the day after we had to be back in Murray really uh, to move into our, uh, to wherever we were staying for senior year, man. So, I mean, there was no quick turn. There was no time Break. to time yeah. to, to, you know, <laughs> dawdle between summer ball and, and senior year yeah and oh man here, here we are if we're at our senior year man I'm getting chills just thinking about this this is like such a crazy ride for you and that this is gonna well I know it's about everyone knows what's about to happen it's already happened but just that let me just rattle off your your numbers here 
this guy absolutely exploded his senior year. I mean, a senior year for the ages. Uh, batted 408, 192 total bases, 86 RBIs, which is just crazy because it was like he played in only 50-something games. So, like, what the heck? Uh, 22 home runs, so doubled your, your home run total, uh, 19 doubles, 3 triples, 77 runs. Uh, All-American on, on different entities, OBC Player of the Year. I mean – Wow. Were you getting pro attention prior to this? Were you talking to scouts at all in the summer or junior year? So uh, when we were out in Kansas, um, there were a couple days that were kind of uh, showcases, you know, um, and there were some folks who kind of already had me uh, earmarked to to, uh, to pay attention to me. Yeah. Um, I think I was named a Jayhawk top prospect. Yep. Uh, and the next year, senior year in Mur back in Murray is when I started getting uh, letters regularly. Yeah. Um, you know, just the filling out the questionnaires or or whatever they were. I mean, I, it was completely foreign to me. And Man. you know, when the season started, uh, I started to notice a lot more that were there to see me. Um, and you know, they. they I noticed them not just at the games that where we played the UKs and the Ole Misses. You know, I, I started noticing scouts coming to Murray yeah. to check me out. Um, yeah. And uh, it was a little surreal. I mean, like, I'd be lying if uh, if I said, you know, I wasn't expecting it at this point. Right. Um, if you're playing you know, like that. Yeah. I mean, at, at this senior year is when it kind of finally dawned on me that, oh, wow. Like, you know, I have a, a good chance – that you know this isn't going to be my last year playing ball yeah you're gonna play the next um, one yeah and so thankfully you know it it kind of dawned on me a lot more subtly um so i was able to kind of uh wrap my head around it a little easier mm-hmm. um but yeah i i don't i don't remember it ever changing anything about my approach or anything like that as, you, you weren't as, feeling more pressure or anything like that no, I, I really awesome. wasn't. And it was incredible. And I wish I could say it's just because I'm that calm under pressure, but that's not the case. You know, like, I, I mean, in baseball, I think it probably is the case more than other aspects of my life. But, yeah. you know, I, I think it helped that I was at Murray State. I was surrounded by people that I had, you know, lived with for the past three and a half years. And, you know, I felt comfortable around these, you know, these guys are my family, most of whom I'm still very, very close with today. Keep you grounded too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great thing because it, it doesn't leave a lot of room to start thinking about the outside world when you're surrounded by people and you just want to be in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not thinking about, uh, about, you know, Oh, Oh shit. Who's here to see me. Did I just, I just look stupid on that curveball. It's, you know, you get back to the dugout and you have to worry more about, uh, you know, Hill making a wise crack at how dumb I looked at that curveball. you know, like it's, it's, it was, it, it was much more of a, uh, a safe place and a, and a comfortable place that, that I, I think, I think I owe a lot of my um, ability to, to drown the rest out uh, yeah. to, to, to our teammates and, and just Murray in general. And can you – this is just, like, so crazy that a few years before this, you are our bullpen catcher. And it's like, <laughs> this guy is about to have the greatest offensive season in Murray State history. I just – man, it just makes me feel romantic about baseball, dude. I, 
you you put in all the work and it just it it all all, all the everything fell into place and it's just well, this is a beautiful thing how it's going to unfold here and just like I said all American OBC player of the year similar approach to did you change anything how you're approaching the game from your junior year it's the same and just kept getting better yeah I mean I think the only change is entering senior year I basically had a year of experience playing first base under my belt uh-huh. um so I'm, I probably felt a little more comfortable at first um but no there was no I, I didn't approach the game any differently uh I you know people approached me differently um yeah. but again I, I I had a lot of protection in our lineup and and you know it senior year was just one of those things looking back it it was it was almost like a blur like yeah you know you know what i'm saying like uh sure. like it happened to I, someone else yeah i mean like i had a, i had a great junior year and i you know i'd be lying if i said i didn't expect to live up to that let yeah. alone surpass it sure. um and you know i was fortunate that we had a successful year that year we went right. to the uh the postseason yeah. um which is i think uh, a couple of those extra statistical points came from the, the postseason, which was helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it, it was, it just kind of all culminated in, in this kind of, uh, you know, four years of trying to figure out my place, how to make my swing work, you know, yeah. junior year, summer, I, I really kind of cultivated it. And then, and then senior year, it just, it's like, it all just clicked. Man, I, I I can't imagine what you must have felt like going up to the plate, having that type of confidence, having that kind of a year where it's like any pitch that is around the plate, you can put it out of the park. I mean, that must have been – I don't know what that feels like. So is, is, that, is that cool? I don't know. I mean, it, it was. And, and you know, I, I was I was definitely more confident senior year. Yeah. I mean, as as, you know, not to sound – super egotistical but you know i mean i i was so comfortable at the plate and you know my numbers reflected that so it i remember going up to the plate just with that like you said with that mentality of like all right let's see what you got you know yeah. you're there's not much you can beat me on so uh <laughs> it's you know it's you versus me right now and um yeah you know there were there were a few highlights that that senior year that that i still reflect on let's go um okay uh yeah so um university of kentucky we played them in lexington senior year and uh i don't know if you remember we almost beat them my sophomore year i think it would have been your senior yeah, I year think we always stacked up well against the big team it, it came down to like the last inning uh, and they rallied and, and ended up uh, beating us. It was technically a home game for us, but we were playing in Paducah. I believe Harmon pitched a really strong game that game. If I he did, he did. Yeah. And uh, and I I remember, um, I remember the closer who came in because he was another Louisville guy. He went on to play pro ball. He was a big dude. He did. Tyler yes. Green or something. Green? Scott Green. Scott Green. Yeah. He threw yeah. Games. He he yes he did. Um, and I remember you know that. And always, you know, we like you said, we we had gotten close a few times. Then senior year, one of the first games of the season, we're playing in Lexington, and uh, uh, I ended up going three for five uh, with a home run. And one of the the, the few, I, I could probably count on one hand how many times my defensive prowess played a significant role, but that was one of them. <laughs> um, we, uh, I want to say, uh, Alex Love or. Daniel Huff, I can't remember who, 
uh, came in, played a great game, uh, pitched a great game. And then um, last inning, we tried to bring uh, Craycraft in to close. It was kind of like a, a poetic, hey, he used to go to UK. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll bring him in. And got into a little bit of trouble. And I remember there was a, a chopper to me at first. And I uh, fielded it, stepped on first, and threw a strike home plate for a double play. Yeah. Uh, but uh, multiple, I remember people I, have, multiple people have mentioned this when I interviewed them. I've got a clip yeah, for it, too. Awesome. Yeah, that was a that was one of the few. And then and then I remember that was one of the first times um, I kind of felt that broader level of of respect. Uh, I saw UK did something I'd never um, seen done in a game before. Um, They had a a, a right handed pitcher who, uh, you know, kind of threw side armed, had everybody's number. I had already gotten one hit off of him and it's late in the game and I come up again. And uh, rather than pulling him, they bench the first baseman, move him to first, bring in a lefty specialist who strikes me out. And then flipped him back? And then they put him back and brought in a new first baseman. Wow, that's a lot of respect. And I, yeah. yeah, I remembered I remember after the game, I was like, wow, you know, I, it's, I'm honored to kind of get that respect from these big SEC schools, you know? 100%, yeah. Um, I ended up playing with a guy uh, who played on that team. He was a fourth rounder. Um, we ended up playing together in the minor leagues for a little bit, but uh, yeah, that was a that was one that I always I always remember fondly. Another one, um, I hit a grand slam against Ole Miss. I heard about that one uh, too. Yeah, everyone yeah. said that you always rose to the occasion. Like, it didn't matter if you were playing, you know, UT Martin or Ole Miss. Like Wes was going to show up and ball. I, I almost, I think sometimes with those bigger teams, I felt like I had more to prove against them than I did in any other game of the year. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, you know, just because. And and I, I'm sure other guys could speak to it that some of these big teams sometimes saw Murray State come in. And it's like, all right, Cupcake. this is an easy weekday game. Yeah, you know, let's 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 show up and and we'll win just by putting our jersey on. And uh, I agree. I took offense to that. I agree. And uh, you know, I, I I liked well, like you said. I mean, it was uh, it was pretty normal for us to come up and, and rise to the occasion and, and give them a little bit of a run for their money. Always. Uh, let's play this uh, Skirka clip here. You ready? Yeah. All right, cool. Wes, uh, one of the best plays I've ever seen. In any way? Yeah. You know, the, the, he <laughs> made, actually made one of the best plays I've seen um, as far as crunch time. We were at Kentucky. Um, yep. Tight ball game. Had a lead. Uh, bases were loaded. And we actually mm-hmm. brought in Craycraft, you know, to kind of close it. You know, his, his yeah. kind of his midweek bullpen. Um, yeah. Bases were loaded. They hit a chopper to Wes. He fields it, touches first, spins and throws home, and Jason Laws tags the guy at the plate. Um, I mean, it, it was unbelievable, you know, for, yeah. for bottom of the ninth inning at Kentucky. And nobody expected it from Wes. I mean, I think, right. you know, the whole dugout first was silent, like, in awe. Like, holy cow, <laughs> did Wes just do that? And then everybody erupted, yeah. like, hey, one more out, and we got to win here. Um, yeah. But it was because, like you said, it, it, you know there was a lot of jokes about West and his defense, and he he wore it, you know. And, and yeah, he uh, did. But that play right there, that I was like, holy cow, that was as good of a play one. But then when he did it, you know, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, nobody out. It was like, dang, West. And uh, and I think he grew a little bit, gained a little bit of confidence from that. Yeah. Because uh, there wasn't a whole lot of mishaps that year um, at right. first base, but uh, it it was funny. Cool clip, my coach. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I said it or if he – and he didn't quite say it. We did end up winning that game. Uh, I think the yeah. next next batter uh, flew out. 
for, uh, for I think every, every single person mentioned that when I when I called them. They talked about that play, you know, that just was was an amazing, and then that that home run as well. So, West rising to the occasion here, pretty pretty cool stuff. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, like I said, it was it was that senior year was just a hell of a ride. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on, I've got some great kind of quotes from some guys, and I think it would be kind of fun to kind of play off play off them a little bit let's start with uh coach skirka here since we just played a, a clip by him so um here we go very intriguing uh when i showed up at murray in 2009 coach mac and coach y spoke very very highly of him and he didn't dis- disappoint uh seeing him in the weight room um you know his bp a physical specimen was excited to see what he was going to do in the spring um got a oh here we go got a clip here he could do it all we'll play that skirka he could do it all yeah, you know, I, I, he could do it all. Um, you know, we, we actually now we, we share Wes's story with our guys and, and talk mm-hmm. about his skill set and what he was able to do. Um, I mean, and, and the power surge was, was crazy, you know, and, yeah. and to get there and to hear guys, you know, kind of joke and talk about Wes, you know, that, that sophomore year where they said he just beat it into the plate and, and got a bunch of, bunch of infield singles. Uh, I couldn't yeah. believe it because it was it was power from from foul pole to foul pole. Um, yeah. I remember he had a huge triple against Western Kentucky, opposite field, uh, hit a home run at Ole Miss, I think, off their off their scoreboard in left center. Um, I mean, really could just could just do it all. You know, would drag bun at times uh, when it called yeah. for it. So it was it was cool to see. You know, like I said, I, I saw the power. You know, but it was it yeah. was it was it was foul pole to foul pole liners up the middle that. You know, yeah. pitchers. I mean, golly, it was it was special. Isn't that cool that they use your your story now with guys? I think that's powerful. Like, I'm I'm sure it's it's an example of like, hey, freshman or sophomore, if you don't like where you're at or you're not getting playing time, like, there's there's hope. Like, keep keep working, keep doing your thing, and like, great things can happen. So I, that's that's powerful. I'm I'm touched by that. It is, man. It's it, it's, and I I didn't know that. Um, and it's it's super touching and humbling. Um, yeah. I remember once. Uh, uh, one of the golf outings, um, you know, we'd, we'd go back to Murray for the baseball alumni golf uh, outings that Coach Skirka started organizing. And it's awesome. A lot yeah. of great alumni get involved. And uh, he showed me that they, they sometimes have a round in their BP called like West Cunningham BP. Really? And he's like basically just like just try to drop tanks or something. Uh, <laughs> and I, I remember hearing that and being like, oh, that's hilarious. Uh, but 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 to hear that, you know, they they kind of still talk about it as uh, yeah. you know, as kind of a, you know, a success story. Uh, it, is. it means a lot. It, it does. Yeah. That's, uh, moving on. Uh, not much in terms of swing changes I did with him. He's a, he's a hitting guy. Uh, just kept him focusing on the middle of the field. Uh, you know, trying not to yank it. Uh, he was amazing. Foul pole to foul pole. Uh, that was what made him so special. Uh, coaching first. I can, this was cool. Coaching first, I can vividly remember him, you know, hitting something extra bases and him just flying past me and feeling that like power and speed and just like this energy, just like whoosh, coming around. That's that's cool. I thought that was a really cool thing mm-hmm. he said. Uh, a leader in his own unique way had his way of making young guys feel welcome and like they belonged. A great team guy never freaked out or got too high. Uh, we to this day, like I said, use his story, his, his progression to help motivate guys. So cool, cool to hear from from now the. Uh, head coach at Murray State yeah and I'll tell you one thing that uh I that stuck with me from from coach Skirka like you said he was he was our hitting coach uh 
he kept track. He kept a, a statistic of his own um, called Goodwood. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it would it was a more accurate depiction of how well you were squaring up balls, how how successful you were at the plate. Yeah. You can hit a, a line drive to the shortstop. Yeah, it's not going to count for a hit, but it'll go down in his statistic for how many times you squared oh, that ball up. Cool. Um, and it was a, a really cool thing that he did. Uh, I remember on. You know, I mean, it also kind of kept you humble because there were times when, you know, you'd get two hits off the end of the bat or like, you know, you get jammed on something. He's like, no, that's that's not good wood. That yeah. doesn't count. You know, so uh, and I, I remember, you know, it 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 helped it helped keep you uh, keep the perspective of, you know, your stat line isn't the only thing. It isn't the only marker of, of how successful you are or how well you're doing, at, 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 you know, at the plate. What would your good wood stat have been for your sophomore year? <laughs> oh man it would have been uh it would have been down there all right we've got one more skirt clip uh and this is gonna be funny for me to say because i don't think you're i don't even think you're gonna know who this is so this is uh coach kirka and he, this is the kurt gibson clip do you know who kurt gibson is i don't okay <laughs> <laughs> i feel like kurt, i should me, but I don't. Just, kurt gibson was this uh time major leaguer and he has this iconic home run he hit off dennis eckersley when he was really hurt so to speed you up here wes i know you don't know <laughs> i love you buddy <laughs> here we go uh the home run he hit at the conference tournament when he's when he's you know full cramping out there on the field um, let's go can you give me that story yeah so you know it was i forget you know the all the details but it was at least i think our fifth game of the tournament fourth or fifth game of the tournament um, and it was hot, you know, end of the year, you know, end of May. Uh, we're at Jackson, Tennessee, and, and you know, sunshine is right in the middle of the day. And, you know, Wes is, Wes is going on fumes, and he's, and he's literally in the dugout cramping, probably from, from too many monsters that he, was, that he was crushing in between instead of, instead of some water <laughs> and Gatorade. But um, it, was, it was keeping him going, but he, he was. He was full cramping in the dugout, going out and playing. Yeah. And, and uh, we're trying to get him going. I, I think uh, Coach Edgington, our, our strength coach at the time, was in the, actually in the dugout trying to help hydrate him and get him going. Um, but Wes kind of walks, limps up to the batter's box, um, fouls the ball off, cramps, um, you know, kind of stretches it out, steps out of the box, and, and kind of gathers himself. And, and basically on one leg uh, hits a home run um, wow. over the uh, – got kind of a mini monster there in Jackson – um yeah. and he kind of Kirk Gibson's it around the around the bases <laughs> uh just you know just trying to do what he can without without falling down um but it, it was obviously impressive and, and it speaks to the the strength of him and the and the toughness you know some guys I think probably would have came out of the game or found an excuse to just strike out or whatever and and West sticks his nose in there and, and goes backside bomb um like the man that he was and, and it was pretty neat pretty funny story Wes, it's it's so perfect that you hit a Kurt Gibson home run and don't know who Kurt Gibson is. <laughs> I, I, everyone, everyone's gonna be laughing that hears this. <laughs> I uh, I remember that game vividly. Uh, yeah, I remember. I mean, Coach Edge was uh, he was getting parents and and people trying to. Uh, I think um, he was getting everybody to try to get me like pickle shots, like pickle juice shots, trying to yeah. get anything to because I was hurting. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I, I'm sure I looked, I've never felt so betrayed by my body, you know, just <laughs> wanting it to do something and being like, come on, man, like we're young, we're out here playing a ball game. Why won't you work? Uh, and yeah. uh, I remembered it was, 
it was one of those, you know, I somehow just managed to keep my hands back and just threw the barrel and, you know, squared it up and yeah. Yeah. Getting around the bases. Uh, I, I looked, I looked like, uh, you know, that, Remember how Forrest Gump looks when his uh, braces finally break <laughs> off his legs? I feel like that's yes. how I felt, like just kind of half limping around the, around the ball field. <laughs> that's perfect, dude. Um, so I've got, I've got uh, some clips and quotes here from Coach Mack. I've also got KT. I've got D. Hill. I've got Harmon. So we'll just keep rolling some of these. I think this is kind of a fun way for us to kind of look back on some of your Murray State stuff before we move on to your pro career. Are you, are you cool Heck with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do it, dude. All right, here. Coach Rob McDonald himself. Um, Coach Y gets the credit for recruiting West. He went and saw him, spoke with him, got to know him. Of course, we spoke about it, but Coach Y gets the credit there. Um, recruiting, uh, developing, evaluating, developing is a very subjective thing. It's, it's an inconsistent thing. There is an art to it. Um, certain guys can take things differently than others, and some have higher ceilings, more drive. He really talked about how interesting it was trying to recruit people, and that's like it's an inexact science. It's just I hope this guy is going to be what I want him to be. And you never, you know, some guys don't pan out how you think they're going to be. And that was interesting. Um, sophomore year was a great contact and average guy. Um, never had anyone like Wes where he could hit a routine ball to short. And if he made the shortstop move a few feet, Wes had a chance to beat it out. That was unheard of in division one baseball. It wasn't, and it wasn't because the shortstop played it slow or did anything wrong. You were just flying down that line. Um, Hit the ball to all fields. Junior year, he kind of exploded. A lot of doubles, 11 home runs, heck of a year. Um, let's see. Oh, here we go. Coach Mack, senior year. Uh, heck of a hitter. Here we go. And he comes back the next year and hits, you know, within a couple, three points of the same batting average with 22 yep. home runs. And, and, yeah, no. uh, incredible RBIs. He's like upper 80s, 80, 80, 86 yeah. RBIs, I think. And just incredible, you know, slugging yeah. percentage was over 800, um, you know, just uh, in, yeah. incredible. And, uh, um, you know, he just, uh, and the thing about Wes, you know, he was a great contact. He was a heck of a hitter, just, just a yeah. good hitter, good contact guy. Um, if he mishit it, he's liable to beat it out. If he hits right. it well, it's off the wall or over the wall. I mean, he was he was quite an offensive. Uh, he yeah. was kind of a juggernaut. <laughs> offensive juggernaut. Um, Wes's progression was pretty steep year to year. Uh, people were trying to pitch around him like crazy. Uh, Dave Jarvis at Belmont apologized to us for not pitching to Wes. He just says, he's like, I'm sorry, coach. We just can't do it. It's not worth it. Um, it's what we got to do. We, we can't let Cunningham kill us, which is kind of a cool thing to hear, right? <laughs> that is. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, here we go. We got another one. Uh, Coach Mack uh, on, on your work ethic here. Yeah, he, he did. He, he, he diligent. Uh, any, any of those words along that line, just almost, uh, you know, almost manic. Uh, just, I mean, yeah. he, he worked very hard. One of the things I remember, so much about Wes in the weight room and and you know I, I it was just my one of my things that might have been different than some people was when my team was in the weight room I was in the weight room and we were. told our guys that <laughs> I probably told you I probably told you that because yeah. you know I said you know it's, it's very important to us it's very important to me 
you know, most Division One schools, when they come off the field and they head to the weight room, the coaches kind of divert away and, and here you go, strength coach, here you got them, and we'll, I'm going to the office. Um, and, I, you know, and watching him, you know, he would he, especially anything that had to do with power. Um, yeah. I don't remember West having a a great bench press or a great squat, but when it came to doing power movements, and the one thing that really stood out was him and that doggone box jump. He okay. he he could he could jump he he could jump explode so high that as I remember it, I mean, it was like, it was like at, at, at my shoulder almost. Yeah. I mean, he could just explode. And, mm-hmm. and he, as I remember, it was almost like once he got up there, he almost couldn't even stand up straight because of the ceiling, which, and I may be <laughs> imagining that it might've been just because I was looking at him from so much lower but it was just almost yeah. looked like his head's up there by the ceiling by the time he tries to stand up on that box. And cool. I, I think we almost had to kind of contrive things to make sure, because I'm not sure that there were any boxes that were tall enough. They had to <laughs> multiply yeah. things and have people hold it to where it didn't, you know, didn't fall over. Pretty cool hearing that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, to Coach Matt's credit, he was in there with us he every was. day. He worked out harder than half our team. Strong guy. Um, I don't know how many other Division One coaches uh, right. had the knowledge uh, or strength training um, uh, know-how that he did. I mean, he was he was certified strength trainer, I believe. I mean, he yes. was he went on to get his uh, certified strength and conditioning specialist, which is the gold standard essentially in uh, training athletes. Oh it's, yeah, it's, it's a hard uh, hard cert to get. I. Uh, you know, I mentioned that there were, you know, there were times where KT and I would go to like the the college rec center and, uh, you know, get a little extra work in or maybe play racquetball or something. I couldn't tell you how many times we'd go in there and Coach Mack is in there pushing himself harder in there with his kettlebells, man. Right. I mean, he, he uh, that dude, he, he was a worker. He, he knew what he was doing. He got after it. Uh, I got another yes, clip he here. This is uh, Coach Mack, uh, Wes on a uh, couple, three eggs in the basket. I, I can't help it. I just got. <laughs> he's a unique guy. I mean, he, he, all his eggs were not in the baseball basket. He's I a totally great agree with student. That. He's great fascinating student. Yeah. He, he loved his history. Um, yeah. You know, he, he had other things going in his life. He was a great example of, I remember one of our quotes of the day was wherever you are, be all there. Oh, and like Wes, Wes, you know, when he's on the baseball field, I mean, he is as focused and tunnel vision and and um, passionate as anybody could be. But I guarantee you, when he walked across campus and went and sat down with Dr. Bolin or somebody with with history related stuff, he was the same way. And oh, so, okay. so, so, so the pressure of, oh, man, my whole world revolves around these guys liking me. I, I don't think he probably felt it like that some so people. Well but then, right. Coach Mack had some great takes on you, man. And, uh, I mean, few people probably got to see me, you know, the way he did. Uh, yeah. You know, not as a, a contemporary, but, you know, as as somebody who really got to see me and kind of foster my growth through for four years. Um, 
Uh, and, you know, hearing him speak highly of me is, it's, it's very uh, appreciative. I mean, it makes me very appreciative. It's very humbling. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, he mentioned Dr. Bolin again. And uh, I, I said that I had those, you know, the, the memories pop up on Facebook. And one of them was Dr. Bolin made a post from when I was inducted eight years ago. Yeah. And uh, it, like I said, it was pretty coincidental that it happened today because it got me thinking. Hey, it's uh, it's all connected, buddy. I always say it. Yes, it it's is. Crazy how things are. Uh, I got one more Mac clip, and then we'll finish out with some quotes here. Uh, this is Coach Mac. Uh, intensity worked for him. Then on top of that, on top of that, um, Wes um, was so intense he was. and uh, just uh, so intense. Yeah, and it worked for him. That I don't think I don't know I don't know how you could I don't know how you could put any more pressure on him than what he had on himself every single at bat and and that was one thing where his maturity if you want to call it that his focus as a hitter he never threw away in at bat he never threw it didn't matter early in the game late in the game we're way up we're way down good pitcher cruddy pitcher men on base men not on base it didn't matter every at bat got his absolute best and there's very few people that can say that you know it's like man cool clip another cool one that is man and uh yeah i mean that was like i said i think i said before last time that that was one of the things i kind of prided myself on you know like there's there's only so many things you can control in baseball especially yeah you know, and I think some of it might have come like I like I mentioned last time. Some of it might have come from uh, being a DH for an entire year. You know, yeah, being at the plate was the one way I could I could you know make my mark on a game. Yeah, well said. <clears throat> Continuing on with our with our Matt quotes here, uh, he could get very upset over in the bat and then flushed it. Then next to bat, he's better than before. Wouldn't get emotional about it after he let it go. That was very special about Wes. Uh, was able to hyper focus. Number one hitter all-time at Murray State history. There's no argument for anyone else. Uh, the simplicity of his swing, the shortness, uh, not a lot of moving parts, not much extra movement. His explosiveness uh, athletically allowed him to be short, quick, and explosive. He didn't need a lot of movement to be powerful with his swing. Uh, that allowed him to be more precise. And then he just said, so explosive. Uh, West caught a lot of grief from his teammates on his fielding. Uh, <laughs> he said that same story about the teammates cheering you on when you hit that. That was hilarious when you told the story about the uh, like the web gems. Yeah, and everyone's like diving and making web gems, and then he just hits you a regular pop up. Oh man! <laughs> Yay, West! You did it! <laughs> you did it, buddy. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, when he moved, when we moved into the outfield, we found out West and fly balls didn't mesh super well. Uh, chasing fly balls with his arm up. We laughed about that. Did fairly well at first. Was the best throwing first baseman in the country. This is cool. He said he used to come up to you all the time and tell you, you're the best throwing first baseman in the country, like pumping you up. Like, you got a great arm, dude. Like, don't forget about it. You're the best throwing first baseman in the country. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah, man. So much cool. so that uh, uh, you remember PFPs, pitcher fielding practice. Of you know, part of those often would be, you know, we'd work on left-handed pickoffs to first. And I used to look forward to that because a lot of uh, part of that drill was, you know, imagining that the runner just took off to second and the fielding it and throwing it from, 
you know, first base to second base. And I felt like I was able to kind of show off my, my, uh, my arm because, well, like I said, I, has ever you know as we've made abundantly clear like defense was never my strong suit uh, but my arm I always thought was arm, good yeah. my, my arm I, and I think coach Mack appreciated it a little bit extra because it had kind of that that catcher pop you know it was yeah. uh, quick yeah love right the hand here, boom yeah yep uh here <laughs> coming back to this and we laughed about this previously but we uh we laughed about the two-handed catching it you know the hand behind the web <laughs> he goes he goes, I never saw anyone else do that. We laughed. Uh, one of the greatest and best plays in Murray State defensive history made by West against UK. You know, a rocket to West, two hopper. He snags it, takes a step to get him at first, then guns him home. Jason Laws was catching maybe. Mm-hmm. Guy gets tagged out, game over, we win. Um, wasn't going to be the guy who hung on in pro ball as long as he could. He had other interests and things to do in his, in his life. And when it was time to hang him up, he walked away with his head held high. That was cool. Uh, we'll get that. And there was, you know, there's a really cool moment in, in the running with the racers podcast you did with Dave Winder, where you talked about the end. And I, I, you know, I'm not excited to get to your end of your pro career, but how you handled it was so unique and mature. It's a cool moment. Um, uh, scary to think what he could have done if he had another year, uh, in college, he said, Wes was, was a helmet breaker, uh, door puncher as well. Maybe I had a soft spot for him because of that. He talked about that was him in college. So he said really? he was always breaking stuff and punching stuff. And he even he, there was a story he said when he was at U of I, there was a tire behind the dugout that was known as his tire. It was like tied to a tree or something. And if he got out, he would go beat the shit out of it. In wow. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like you would never. I don't that, right? think I don't think anybody you could have given us a million guesses in college <laughs> and none of us would have said, yes, that's the personality of our soft spoken coach. <laughs> hey, the more, you know, that's there's, there's yeah, man. We all have different shades. to it. Maybe so. that does explain why he never, you know, he never harped on me as much for it. It didn't seem like he did, did he? You're no, kind of I mean, like, he, okay. Yeah. And, and part of it is because I was able to kind of shake it off usually pretty, yeah. pretty quickly, but yeah, he never, you know, and I spent my entire life with a baseball temper and I, I spent my entire life having coaches, you know, try to beat it out of you, talk me out of it, beat yeah. me, beat it out of me, you know, like, and he never did. He I don't just, remember him getting on you. Yeah. No, it, it was, uh, you know, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anyone else, but <laughs> do what you need to do. That's that story about you punching the hole in your helmet and decal wearing it around it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's a, there's a more accurate portrayal of, of two guys uh, who end up being drafted from Murray State. One is is a is a you know a head case who punches a head, uh, hole through a helmet. The other one is a clown who proceeds to put the helmet on and you know you could walk around that, the dugout. That's perfectly how you put that. And then our last one from Coach Mac here. Uh, so special seeing the man he has turned into, the life he has built. I'm so proud of him and happy for him. So really cool. And it was just. It was cool t- talking to Coach Mac about you. You could tell he, he hold, holds you in such high regard and, you know, thinks so, so highly of you. So, Coach Mac, all right, buddy. Now we're moving on. This is I'm, I've been itching to get to this. This is, this is KT time. It's Cal Tiernan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. KT, like I said, you know, longtime Murray State great. Uh, shortstop. I want to say he probably started three and a half of those years. Yep. You know, awesome fielder, awesome guy, hard worker, great swing. Like we talked about, he had an interesting career. You know, he was this highly touted prospect out of high school, probably could have gone somewhere above Murray State, you know, and it just probably didn't have the career he thought he was going to have or was projected to have and, you know, him dealing with that. And uh, it's just interesting. But KT, 
So you guys ended up living together, your junior and senior yes. year, correct? And then played yes. together for El Dorado. Mm-hmm. Would you would you say he's probably your 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 best friend from Murray State ish? Yeah, yeah, I I, th- I think uh, easily. I I always um, when I was first kind of introducing my wife to our Bread's family, yeah. um, I kind of explained it in that like everybody kind of had you know we were all super close, and I'm talking about like the core group of guys that you know that we still are in touch with today. You know, we all were at each other's weddings, things like that. Like you know, yeah. they, there's this. Uh, core group of guys that kind of spanned you know several years in either direction yeah but we all kind of had you know that one guy who we all just tended to you know be closer with and we kind of came in pairs you know uh um decal and to yeah me and kyle uh yeah you know you got monkman and d rock uh harman and mcgahey sell and leaper i mean like you know it it was (laughs) It was, yep. it was interesting how it just kind of worked out that like, you know, everybody kind of had, well said. uh, had their pair. Yep. And, uh, Kyle was definitely, you know, that for me, like I said, we, we lived together for last two years in college yep. and, uh, summertime and still very close to this day. Are you ready for some, for some K2 stuff? Yeah. Let's we're we're, we're going to get to the thing that I've been wanting to get to during this the whole time that I think is absolutely fascinating and it'll be very apparent when we get to it. So here we go. Uh, Wes and I are as close as anyone I know. He's the first person that I met at Murray, and we already played that kind of cool clip about you guys meeting and bonding over poker as uh, as, as freshmen when you moved in. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Uh, Wes is an easy book to misjudge. Like, you know, who is this guy? And then you meet him, and he's the most genuine, down-to-earth, smart, charismatic guy ever. Um, Wes was so grounded in the things that he was passionate about, wise beyond his years, Really strong academically, and then here we go. Our first one, KT. Uh, West just went out and, and played free. Here we go. Yeah, and I think that the benefit for him, at least on the baseball side, and maybe in, in everything that he did, you know, we as baseball players who wanted to prosper and whatever, I think put so much pressure on every stat 100%. line, yep. ounce of game. Wes just went out and played, and he didn't yeah. care about what it looked like. He didn't care about who was watching, who could be watching. I don't even think he understood that part of the game, which was, right. which was great. <laughs> had to yeah. go out there with almost no pressure and just use his raw talent, even though it yeah. was unorthodox, and just literally dominate everything. Cool there. Uh, <laughs> it's, that's, it's funny because we were living together when I was getting my first letters uh, from, you know, uh, major league teams yeah. and I had no idea I was like what the hell is this is this real this seems this seems fake you know it's just a mass letter they send out to people and he had to like sit Break me down, down like, no you. this is this is a big thing here's how you fill this out here's what <laughs> I mean it was it was like a dad helping his kid with his math homework because <laughs> I'm pretty I mean I he he had gotten these you know in high yeah. school he, he he understood he had a lot of friends who you know had already yeah. been drafted I mean he understood this whole process yeah absolutely and you were just like what is this thing <laughs> I was like, this doesn't look real. It looks like some BS letterhead somebody printed off. At I'm going to throw this in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, really uh, comically athletic. That's interesting. Uh, maybe the fastest guy on the squad or strongest. Pound for pound, Wes could will himself through things that were pretty incredible. You know, a, a pure will and desire to beat the competition. Frustratingly, I was usually the guy he was beating. Oh, this is funny. He told me a, a, a pull-up 
contest story. Remember this? <laughs> yes, I do. All right, I'll, I'll tell it for you if you want to jump in. But he said basically like there was like a team pull-up contest one year. And like he kind of blew it out of the water and thought he had it, you know, in a wash. I think he did like 31 or 32 pull-ups. And then, you know, this kind of goes into your uh, competitive spirit here. But uh, you were up last or after him or something. He said that you started gassing around halfway, 15 or so. And that somehow you willed your way past him, like past, you know, a couple, <laughs> yes. like, yes, he says to this day, he has no idea how you did it, but you willed yourself through that. Yeah, I, I remember that uh, vividly. It was, you know, it was one of those things. Uh, and I want to say it was Coach Edge our, our last year because he was he uh, he allowed a little bit of fun in the weight room, whereas some of our other strength coaches didn't. Cecil wasn't um, fun. Yeah, <laughs> could do a whole separate episode on that. Um, but no, man, and, and you know, he kind of lined us all up, and and I think we would do like one or two people at a time, and you know, somebody would count, and I insisted on going last uh, yeah. for that very reason. Right. I was like, I, I I need to know how many I need to do. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't uh, I'm gonna go until I like think I can't do anymore. It's I'm gonna go until I know I'm gonna win. I love it. And I'm pretty sure he went like right in front of me. And yeah, he had it in the bag. He blew the next people out by like double digits. Yeah. And I went up there and I was just like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure my last several looked hideous, but the, the chin <laughs> got above the bar, you know, that's, that's all that happened. That's all that mattered. That's perfect. Um, always impressed by his vulnerability and openness in an age and time when people athletes didn't share feelings and talk about whatever. And, Wes was never afraid to be who he was. And that, man, that's a beautiful thing to hear from a friend like that. And it I totally is. agree. I a hundred percent agree. Um, it was really phenomenal to watch his growth and progression as a person and baseball player as a catcher had a really strong arm, kind of raw, uh, but had some upperclassmen in front of him that could play. And we're talking about D mill and big, big merm himself, mm-hmm. uh, sophomore year, figuring it out. Some, I love to tell, uh, people about Wes's junior red shirt junior year. Uh, senior year sorry the stat line uh it was just incredible so let me uh play that clip here senior year yeah i'll still talk about then you talk junior year senior year, just literally national numbers off the chart yeah i mean senior year i'll still tell people that don't know west don't know anything about anyone about his stat line senior year um because it it's unfathomable and yeah. beyond his numbers right hit 420 had whatever number of home runs rbis total bases i mean consecutive games reached like again off the charts but bigger than that was anytime we were playing a a big league opponent right we're at uk we're at old miss it wouldn't matter that's when he would shine the most and again really? he was a channel whatever it was for him there was no pressure <laughs> i remember yeah. this this made my favorite moment and we lost it's senior year. We're at Old Miss, and we are down four. West comes up, our ninth inning, you know, visitors, hits a grand slam to tie the game against Old Miss. They ended up hitting a walk-off home run, the first batter in the bottom of the ninth. But, but West just would go out there and rake, and it didn't matter if it was some lefty summon the ball or if it was a guy throwing 97. He just hit right. everything. So cool. Um Bat skills were off the charts. Uh, everything he did looked unconventional, but it worked. He did well enough at first base, did a good job picking. Uh, let's see, he put it all together and had a strong arm, athletic, could have figured it out anywhere. Uh, his speed is hard to comprehend from a physics level. His overall size and ability to get out of the box like Ichiro, but he wasn't slapping the ball. He was driving it. 
Uh, we talked about that too. I always thought your ability to get out of the box was next was the next level. The best I ever saw from a lefty in all my years of baseball. Uh, uh, led team in triples could s- sustain top end speed on a field, but 400 meters would have killed him. So, <laughs> <laughs> dude, a hundred percent. There were, man, there were a couple times that uh, KT and I would be out trying to do like extra work, and uh, I would get it in my head, be like, yeah, man, let's, you know, let's run a mile, let's go around the track. We'd get around there once, and I would have to bow out. I'm like. <laughs> like if you would have been walking by you'd be like how out of shape is this clown like he he can't he can't run more than you know once around the track without like damn near puking his breakfast up his speed was the perfect weapon for him uh his senior senior year numbers were better than video game numbers uh he had a mental ability to outwork anyone harder more a gym rat in the best way and then here we go here's a clip that i've been wanting to get to this is KT oftentimes, and then the, there's a part of it that is your gym setup. So then we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna riff off that one, buddy. Here we go. But oftentimes, and this is more of a you know under the radar, but he and I had a mini gym setup. We ultimately lived together for for two years, right, junior and senior year. Okay. Um, but in our senior year home, we had a, a mini gym in the basement, and he and I I've would, would go down. Yeah. <laughs> And normally he'd be pounding a 40 and, and ripping that's what out. I heard. That's, that, that's real. That's 100% real. Yeah. Without oh question. Oh my gosh. That's the other thing. Even today, I know Wes well. We see each other as often as we can. He's always been such a simple dude. Like he's probably still ripping back a, a Mickey's or a Old English. And <laughs> so he could buy the IPA. He's going to stick to the dog shit beers that he always loved. Um, but no, we would, we would work out extra. I mean, we would do everything possible. Um, yeah, to just keep better. And, uh, yeah, he was great. Like you said, he, he could then put his energy into his studies and or other people's studies. Yeah. We can talk about that later, but, but yeah, he, he could work out like nobody else and just physically strong. And this sounds yeah. like I'm in love with him. I might be, but he's just very capable. <laughs> <laughs> So many things about that make me laugh. Oh, man. I've been wanting to get to this part. So there's this legend of Wes Cunningham, you know, drinking King Cobra 40s or whatever 40 you preferred and working out in your little gym basement that you guys had or wherever it was in your house. Can we talk about this? Oh, yes. And because Miracle. we finally got to this point, I'm going to cheers you with a, with a, a cheap beer, as he mentioned. <laughs> I love it. Um. Yeah, how did this idea come about? Like, this is just, I mean, like, I'm a workout guy. It would have never crossed my, my <laughs> mind to, to combine these two things. Well, they're both fun things. So yes. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So it, it started off uh, actually our junior year. Um, we kind of established a baseball house. Uh, our former teammate, Taylor Tiki, uh, him and I were roommates sophomore year in the, in the dorms. And uh, he was a local Murray guy and talked his parents into to buying a house for us to, to rent to live in okay and uh so it was me tiki and kt junior year and what we dubbed kind of the baseball house it was kind of where we had our parties and get-togethers well there was this huge metal shed in the backyard that uh it's where the first kt the the kt west cunningham uh gym was first established (laughs) uh it you know that was it also had a 
that shed served many purposes. There was also beer pong regularly available in there. And then uh, right. I was in a punk band at the time and we had a little practice area over to the side. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it all started because there'd be days where, you know, like I said, Murray was, was a little odd. So you'd, you'd kind of pregame in these very low key s- scenarios before going to the bars, meeting up with people and then going yep. to the parties. Yep. And there'd be times where, you know, there's just not enough hours in the day. And I still feel like this half the time, you know, it's just like, man, if only I could just make a couple of these extracurricular activities overlap, you know? Um, So it it dawned on me that what I would do is we'd have people over to our house to pregame and they'd be all inside hanging out, playing Mario Kart. Um, And I, you know, I wanted to get an extra workout in. And this was kind of, it, it, it was threefold for me. Because I would go out, I'd get to listen to my music and blare it, you know, blare my punk rock on the on the stereo. Mm-hmm. I'd get to get my pre-gaming in because I had my 40s. And then I'd be able to get a little extra workout in. And it was kind of this this perfect. <laughs> and I would I'd probably have two 40s out there of uh, Hurricane, which was the, the southern version of King Cobra, both by Anheuser-Busch. Um, <laughs> and I would have about two 40s out there, go in, shower. And then at that point, I'm at the same level as everybody else inside. We can just keep the night going. I mean, you're an innovator, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I remember, uh, I think it was uh, out in El Dorado. uh, We had a strength coach or somebody who was kind of responsible for getting us in the gym sometimes. And I approached him. I was like, hey, man, have they ever thought about doing, you know, like a energy drink slash muscle milk slash, you know, malt liquor? Because we should combine them all. And of course, in my mind, all I think about is just the havoc that would wreak on one's stomach. But, uh, you know, at the time I was like, I want to combine everything. Only one drink. That's all I need. <laughs> how, how, how would these workouts go? I mean, would you ever get like pretty, pretty sauced up? Or what? <laughs> I, I, thankfully, it was always it was always where I would start with my drinking that, that night. It was never like after a night at the parties coming back and then starting to throw around some iron, but uh, like, like Wes is passed out with like a, a dumbbell right next to him, a dumbbell and a 40 next to him. Like what? what passed happened? out on the bench with the bar on top of my chest. Oh man. The weird no, scene. It, it was, uh, yeah, I, I specifically remember times and especially, um, Oh, yeah, like we'd God. have some of like the, the underclassmen, the younger guys come over and they'd be like, what is, is this? What's expected of us? Because this doesn't seem normal. <laughs> Man, this is just every single person that I talk to, you know, of course that they come to this because this is like, unlike anyone else, no one, no one combines these things. Only the mind <laughs> of a West Cunningham thinks, you know what, I can make this more efficient. I think I'm going to drink and work out at the same time <laughs> and listen to my music. It's Heck yeah, dude. In a way. And I would come inside, you know, I, and it, it was, you know, it was usually just the same group of guys pregame and playing Mario Kart. So it was right. like, you know, I'm not missing out on anything epic. Right. I'm and I, I'm getting myself almost like getting myself kind of uh juiced up ready for the night, you know, sure. like listen to my music, getting in a good mood. Because yeah. let's be real, like I said before, uh, in Murray I was Gosh. I was surrounded by a lot of pop country and crap rap. Awful. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh did, did you yeah, ever get man. KT to join you? No, I there were I I wanna say there was a uh a couple younger guys, I think, who tried to tried it with me once or twice. Uh-huh. And okay. I'm I, I'm drawing a blank on one of their names. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. But no, KT was uh, was a smarter. I mean, he he's he, he's one of the few guys who I think drinks more now out of college than he did back when he was in college. That's funny because I'm his first two years, like he didn't go out very much. 
No. And I heard he got a little more fun after I left and like he, would, would uh, enjoy himself a little more. He came to college with uh, with a serious girlfriend and yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. he kind of right. relegated himself to his room. Hey, um, but the best yeah, ever. junior and senior year, man, he was That's he was fun. out and about all the time. But uh, I mean, multiple nights he'd just be the the DD because he, he he you know drinking wasn't just it wasn't really a part of his mo. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, man, <laughs> I think we 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 served that. That's an incredible. Uh, like I said, you said you were working out with forties. Uh, here's another interesting thing I didn't know this about you either. Uh, in college, Wes had a steady diet of bagels with an assortment of cream cheeses and steaks. And that's essentially all you ate. Is that yeah. right? That's well, so, so I've always been a very frugal person. Okay. And uh, uh, yeah, my, uh, my mom would, would uh, go to, there's a grocery store, at least it used to be about where she'd work and they would have meat sales <laughs> and she oh. would just like come and stock my freezer up. And I swear I, I survived when I wasn't eating, you know, meal plan food. I survived on like just this frozen steak and a George Foreman grill. Uh, the irony now is that I've been vegan for like seven years now. <laughs> and I still have a T-bone steak tattooed on the back of my arm. Do you really? That's yes, perfect. I do. That's perfect. Yep. All right. Yeah. You know, we all eat in funny ways in college. I remember one. Oh, time, man, you just make do with, with what you got. I remember one time Leaper came back to our apartment. He didn't. He, it was like the first semester. He did not have a Winslow card or anything. He was like, guys, can you start like bringing me back like some fruit or stuff? I don't think I'm getting enough vitamins. He was like only <laughs> eating like the crappiest canned food you could ever find. And like, man, Leaper, I could, I could do a whole episode on that guy. Love him. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure you have some stories living with him. I, I oh, saw yes. enough of it just, uh, you know, from the outside looking in. I was perusing the old uh, – uh, there's like a, a private Facebook group that we have for Murray State baseball players. And like if you go back through some of those stories, they're – a riot and there is a story between you and uh leaper that i just read the other day that is hysterical it's worth going back and looking at it's only for our eyes anyway uh kt talked about cracker barrel pregame you guys go to cracker barrel sometimes together uh when my folks were in town cool there yep he said wes uh ate like a clown worked out like a beast and somehow put it all together so that's cool (laughs) oh here's a cool thing uh this is kt go for a drive friendship you ready yeah do it so on a personal side he and i used to just drive right we lived together but we also would just get out and that's where you know he and i probably created a more uh a deeper bond but um yeah. you know we would literally drive the back farm road to murray and just talk shit and talk whatever about life family dreams goals yeah. whatever that might be and what's funny you know if, if it were if i could go backwards and assume what we were talking about i'm sure mine was all baseball and i don't think wes ever talked about or had an idea <laughs> wanted to play baseball beyond what he was doing now really, um, really? you know like you talked about there was archaeology there was history there was furthering yeah. his education and things you know obviously the music was key um which is great but no he was he was just super deep down to earth um and so that was a great you know again personal moment but the fun thing for me you know, we'll hit on his music a little bit um and i got to see so many sides of west but you know yeah he was a heavy punk drummer and punk not yeah. like punk rock punk real punk and um yeah some cool things did some shows in town and whatnot but i always loved fucking with him by calling out like a, a blink 182 cover which he despised but then if they were <laughs> playing a lot oh everybody else would get hyped up for that and then they would have to play a set in blink 182 
And that was like my dream, just to make him miserable in those moments. <laughs> oh, man, spoken like a best friend. You got thoughts Oh, my God, man. I know. So uh, the, the Mexican joint in town, was it El Mariachi? Yep. Uh, so our senior year, I think, they, uh, they started having like live music occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he said, I was, uh, I was in a punk band, um, played a much, I was into a much different kind of punk rock than the pop stuff that, you know, that a lot of other people, uh, kind of associated with it. Yeah. And uh, we played once at El Mariachi and, you know, again, this speaks to how close we were as a family. The entire team came out, man, showing yeah. their support. Uh, they didn't know, you know, they care less about the music they you know it's not their scene it's not their style but i i'd be lying if i said there was less than 20 of our breads teammates but uh on the flip side at the same time they all knew how to how to you know get under the skin and yeah like he said they would they would recommend these pop punk songs that i hated and like some of the guys in my band would be like you know they're just excited that the that the crowd is into it enough to make rec- you know yeah. shout out you know, for wanting to play a cover song, you know, because we we're just playing all originals. Yeah. And sure enough, the second our guitarist heard it, they're like, oh, we're playing it then. And then I, I don't know what was worse, the fact that like the team got us to eventually play it or the fact that I could no longer deny that I didn't know exactly how to play the <laughs> damn song on the drums. Because it's, it's you know, it's one of those songs, even if you say you don't like it, you've heard it a million damn times. Sure. Yep. But That's oh, yeah, that was a. That's yeah, good. Kyle and I, we, we we bonded a little, you know, we were very, very close. We still are. And, and uh, I used to love just going out for drives in Murray, man. You're just yeah. back roads, nothing to see, easy to clear your head. Lieber, uh, Lieber used to do that when he was feeling a little, little off. He'd go for a drive and he'd get him right. So, yeah. Dude, it's, man, it's, it's a beautiful it's countryside to, around there. Yeah, there's, there's something to be said about just getting out away from people and just zoning out, dude. Yeah, well said. All right, another KT one. This is uh, KT uh, Wes lens enjoy it more i used to wonder if i could have just looked at it through his lens i think for all of us or you know you could go back and relive it you probably at least enjoy it a little bit more and or not put so much pressure and and not that he didn't who knows um but he seemed to be very satisfied with who he was what he was doing whether great or not and he just turned out to be great i mean baseball was i I mean i played with a lot of great guys um and Nobody can touch his his offensive ability. It's not even right. close. Pretty pretty cool clip by KT there, and that, that's saying something coming from him. I mean, he he grew up playing with and played with a lot of a lot of guys who who had very successful careers. So I yeah. love that dude. All right, moving on. Uh, West can relate or bond with anyone, different backgrounds, mindsets, all that. Uh, that's what's so valuable about him. He's the first person to be judged when he walks in a room. Uh, but the last person to judge anyone else, he can socialize in any group. That's a powerful thing to say about about you. And I totally agree. Uh, so smart, so down to earth. That comes from his parents, Don and Sue. Second that, I mean, man, I mean, I don't know them personally. Besides, I've I've spoken with your dad a few times, and I had that conversation. But obviously, you came from a very, you know, strong, powerful, supportive parental structure, and how important that is. Uh, never met sweeter people than them. Uh, anyone who has ever met Wes or been a part of his life is lucky. Wes is a true Renaissance man, and that concludes our KT there. So some awesome stuff from 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 KT. You ready to move on to our to our funny man? Uh, yeah, let's do this it. This is this is D Hill. This is Daniel Hill. <laughs> man, 
these two guys being back to back, I mean, they were both uh, groomsmen in my wedding, so it's very fitting. Oh, cool. D Hill is awesome and an absolute masher in his own right. I believe he had the home run record for one year before you stole it from him. Yes, I did. So the guy could absolutely mash. Ran into some back problems, but, you know, a hell of a baseball player, funny guy. All right, here we go. Uh, first time uh, seeing West was on my recruiting trip. Wanted to see what the guys looked like, uh, you know, who was leading the team in hitting. Uh, he laughed about not looking the part, not your typical smooth lefty swing. Uh, that wasn't West, not his style. Seeing West up close, this dude was pretty dang big. This dude is pretty dang fast. Looks like he could hit home runs. Uh, I wonder if he ever will. And then obviously <laughs> you did. Uh, a little foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing. Here we go. D. Hill, ability to find the barrel. Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. I mean, his his ability to find the barrel uh, doesn't matter if he got fooled, you know, if he was out front, whatever. He just – he hit the ball hard no matter what. Like, yeah. it hardly ever did West not hit the ball hard or center up the ball. Even when he got out, I mean – he was, he was just, he was a super tough out. I mean, that let's, yeah. you know, that's the easiest way to say it is like they, the, the other team, no matter who we were playing, it could be Kentucky. I mean, any SEC, Ole Miss, whoever, they, they were game planning for West. They knew yeah. like, Hey, this dude, like, don't, don't sleep on this guy. Just, you know, Murray state, don't sleep on Murray state. This guy, this guy's the real deal. And I mean, no matter what, like, he, he would barrel balls up. And I, I do remember he used to, uh, he would always, you know, kind of like a wooden bat where you would always have like the label up or always hit, you know, holding the, you know, the same way. The yeah. barrel on his bat was freaking flat. Really? <laughs> I mean, it, really? it, like, oh, it was, oh, it was, he squared that bat up like ridiculous. Like, I never, I always kind of just, you know, I picked up the bat. Yeah, I kind of like kept it, you know, held it in certain spots just because of where, where it felt well, uh, felt pretty good. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, his bats, he would just, he would turn them into squares. I mean, he hit the ball so hard no matter <laughs> what. Awesome. It was, it was crazy. But, but yeah, okay. to your point, I mean, he just, he would just square balls up no matter what, whether it looked good or not. It was hit hard and it was, it was going somewhere, somewhere fast, somewhere hard and, you know, he was he was a tough out no matter what. I'm, this is awesome. So your bat your senior year essentially turned into like a flat sided bat. You just, <laughs> a, you just didn't want to didn't want to replace it. It was a paddle uh, at, at one point. <laughs> at, at one point, the uh, that's great. Somebody made me replace it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I used to. It became a running joke that my dents had dents. Like I mean, it was, and and I mean anybody you know who understands it that you know. The more surface area of the ball is hitting more surface area of the bat, that that ball can go a little bit further, you know. So uh, uh, it was me holding the bat the same way. That was part superstition. Part, you know, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a little strategy there. Sure, but uh, okay. yeah, I, I remember do that. Those those old metal bats, man. They 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 can take some wear and tear. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, didn't look like he was going to be a speed guy, but he could fly and beat out stuff all the time. Worked to his advantage because teams played him deep later on and we already talked about that like they thought you were just like big strong first baseman that couldn't move and like oh by the way he's a six five guy so he's <laughs> probably the fastest guy on the field um uh, mentioned how much you progressed as a first baseman throughout your time and talked about that uk play as a teammate you love uh the guys that are going to make you better 100 percent. that was wes in the weight room uh whether he had a 40 in his hand or not he was working out <laughs> wes never <laughs> i've got the funniest clip coming up here too buddy uh, West never took a day off or had a bad day. Always focused, there to work. It was infectious. 
story about you guys jumping over a f- oh there's a story about you guys jumping over a fence trying to take a shortcut or something like that and we said west tried to help you help d hill was hurt he said you tried to help him over the fence and he ended up falling on you and he was worried that he hurt the, you know <laughs> our number one player and it was just like a riot something like that yeah oh yeah man it was you know as if anywhere in Murray took long to get to. I mean, it was right. a small town, but yet we still felt the need to cut through people's yards walking. I think we were walking to or from Murray Place. Yep. All right. You ready? I got a funny clip to end our, our D Hill stuff. And uh, yeah, here we go. It's just, this is called uh, D Hill, the Apple story. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. I know which one we're talking about. Would you look at that? Just look at it. <laughs> would you look at that? Look at that. Oh, would you look at it? <laughs> Oh, shit. All right. Oh, all right. Hey, real quick before you go. All right. Another dumb story. Let's go. We were at the Apple. So this is this is kind of to that. Um, so we're at the Apple. And I don't know what happened, but Wes and I, we're just standing out. You remember the Apple? There's like those steps to go up and there's like that little platform, kind of that little concrete area before you step sure. in, like a little yeah. tiny gazebo type thing. Yeah. So Wes and I are sitting there and all of a sudden, I don't know what got into us but like it was, this is kind of towards the end of the night obviously had a few beverages and we look down and there's like there's nothing like on this platform at all but so someone opens the door and i point down i go oh oh like that like oh 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 like almost like hey don't step there but like can't get it out i was like oh 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 and then all of a sudden, Wes goes, oh, 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 without missing a beat. Like, we didn't even, like, we didn't talk about this, nothing. And all these people are walking out. There's nothing on the floor at all. And all of a sudden, like, these people are, like, tiptoeing around the side. <laughs> and there's there's absolutely nothing on this fucking platform. And Wes and I are going, oh, 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 every time somebody walks out this door. And the look on their face, were, they were, like, so confused, but... At the same time, they just would not walk straight out. Like they all started tiptoeing around, and we were just we we're just over there, drunk asses, just cracking up the whole time. Every so, it started just oh, randomly, and then like fifteen people later, like we just couldn't we couldn't contain ourselves, and like we were just like oh 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 oh, <laughs> holy hell! That was another one of those dumb stories. I'm sure more will come to That's me. Perfect. That's perfect. That sounds like some dirty bread shenanigans to me, man. And I. Two things, man. One, Hill and I, I felt like always had this this goofy connection, man. I remember whether it was on the bus, just annoying the hell out of Chris Craycraft, who was, <laughs> I mean, that dude, he was such a sweet dude, sweetheart, but he was very quiet, very kind of, you know, by the book. And we would just, just mess with him. But, uh, man, it's stories like this that, uh, you know, why I hold my time at Murray with, with such, you know, in such high regard. Yeah. Because like, dude, you're, you're family, you know, you, you just form these bonds that last forever. And, and you, whether it's on the ball field, whether it's living together or whether it's acting like drunken idiots, you know, playing a little practical joke on anybody who walks out of the apple. Yeah. Uh, and still to this day, every now and then uh, at the uh, golf outing, we'll, we'll try to revive it, but it's, uh, 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 that's perfect. Uh, moving on. Uh, next up, Mark Harmon. So, you know, former Murray State pitcher, one of my favorite teammates of all time, uh, has some absolutely great memories with him. Love this guy. Um, had a hard time getting a hold of him. He's, you know, like you said, all of, a lot of Murray, former Murray, Murray State players are successful and doing well. And, you know, this, this dude is no exception. So here we go. Uh, 
he was into everything, which was cool. He was truly authentic to himself, which is cool. Uh, not scared to show who he is. He would blast his music. Uh, we, we bumped heads a few times over control of music in the <laughs> locker room or parties and things like that. Here we go. Uh, Harmon. Uh, let's see. What stood out about Wes? Here we go. Great question. Um, you know, it honestly kind of depends on the year because he's, yeah, man, right. he was, he showed up every single year as a completely different ball player. Um, from, I, you know, I'd say all along, I felt like he always had his speed and, and obviously, you know, more sophomore year, I felt like that helped him more than anything, but like yeah. he, you know, I felt like he always had speed. He was always incredibly strong, uh, even his freshman year, but, but yeah. even his speed and his strength, like continued to increase year over year. And it, it went from ground balls, beating it out to hitting 450 foot bombs. <laughs> yeah. And then our next clip here is going to be another Harmon. This is going to be uh, first impressions. Here we go. I'd say that the saying, don't judge a book by a cover, uh, they should probably put a picture of Wes right next to yeah. that. I mean, yep. first impressions, like, I mean, he's got, you know, like it, there is like an intimidation there. You know, he's got his shaved head, the tattoos, and just, you know, like who knows what he's wearing, you know, <laughs> like he's got that look. <laughs> Yep. But at the same time, he's also got like this, like Ricky Vaughn from Major League vibes going on, where you just like, I got to get to know this guy and see what You're he's right. all about. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, but yeah, I mean that was you know first impression just from the visual, like I, you know I'd sum it up that way. But then just, I mean, it, I don't think it takes long to like talk to Wes and get to know him yeah. and be like, man, he's, he's, this is just a great person with yeah. horrible taste in music and clothes. <laughs> gotta throw that in at the end i love it yep uh okay further uh authentic to himself truly unique on a baseball team a well-rounded great person to know his hobbies weren't like any other baseball player um let's see uh when, when west walks up to the plate it was just like there was an excitement in the air just an amazing just amazing to watch someone develop that much in four years I think Wes was a naturally strong guy that maximized it in the weight room. He deserved everything he got through hard work, uh, drinking and lifting, not something normal people do. So kudos <laughs> to him for doing that. Uh, comes from an amazing family. He talked about spending the winter breaks working for DC kitchens yep. with, with your dad and getting to know you guys there. And that was awesome. Um, here we go. I got another Harmon one. This is going to be uh, progressions. It was wild. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it, it is, it's so crazy to think about because it's, it's not something that will be repeated very often, you know, no. either. Cause it's, it's, this is probably going to be a strange comparison, but you know, I'm watching like my, my oldest son right now is seven. And at that age, you see big jumps in their coordination and, and their skill level from year yeah. to year. And you normally don't see that at, you know, the collegiate oh, level at that age. Good point. Great but, point. But, but he, he was able to do that. I mean, he really did yeah. come back as a completely different baseball player every single mm -hmm. year. And it wasn't just the strength and the speed. It was his, like, just overall skill level, you know, from mm -hmm. every single tool. Um, the contact, I mean, you know, just his, his contact on the ball, you know, like sophomore year, it was, you know, 38 special. It was the ground balls, and I'm fast as <laughs> yeah. hell, so I'm going to beat it out. Um, but even that turned into putting a little backspin on it, you know, yep. on the next year. And then here we go. Then it was, then it was just a fun ride. And I, I can yeah. tell you from 
for being a pitcher, it's a, it's a good feeling when you have hitters like that. And we had several actually where it's, you know, you're sitting yeah. there and, and, and you, you love hearing up next to bat number 38 West Cunningham. Like, cause you just know something's about to happen. Love that. And I've got, Heck yeah, man, you got anything to say on that? <clears throat> I mean, Mark and I had a very uh, unique relationship, very close relationship. He's from not far. He's from right across the river in Southern Indiana. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's, it, it, that's kind of an interesting um, way to, because for me, it never felt like it was big jumps. Like, obviously it looks, it looks like it, it when I look at it in hindsight, and I look at, yeah. you know, the performance each year, but uh, you know, it didn't feel like I was making these giant strides at the time. It just kind of felt like I was just trying to keep getting a little bit better here and there. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of unique to think about it in that, in that way that, yeah, I mean, e- each year it was, I was a different ball player. Yes. Um, and, uh, and there's a, there's a funny story of, of me and Harmon. So uh, Harmon was a, he was a hell of a pitcher. And uh, is this the change up story? Yes, it is. Does he have a, I've got a clip for it. Let's hear it. All right, let's go buddy. Perfect. Yes. This is something I, I look back on and laugh. Uh, Cause you okay. know, like our, our group is so close. So we spend yeah. more time roasting each other than actually catching up. Um, yeah. But this is, this is one of those times. So, you know, I don't remember the specific year, but it was a uh, fall inter squad final series, you know, so the, the last inter squad series of the, of the fall. And right. so I pitched, which technically should have been, it should have been my last fall appearance, last time I faced Wes. Uh, mm-hmm. So of course, now that, now that the season's over and he's not going to face me again until maybe the spring and if we do a little inner squad, um, he decides to come up and tell me, like, hey, now that you're done, I wanted to give you a heads up. You're, you're really tipping your pitches. And, of course, in true West fashion, it's, hey, you're making this really big, stupid face whenever you throw a fastball. Like, you're gripping back <laughs> too much. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, anyway, one, like, I appreciate it, but it's like you clearly held off until the, the end of the fall inner squad to tell me this. Um, but fast forward a couple days, last day of the, of the series, I get a chance to pitch again. And of course I get to face Wes and nice. somehow he must've forgot what he told me. So very first pitch. I mean, I made the, just grit down on your teeth and just threw a perfect change up. And I, I've never yeah. fooled Wes like that before. Uh, trust <laughs> me, Wes, Wes is not someone you want to see staring back at you as a pitcher. Um, but that was just like full moment i gotta laugh about it we still joke every once in a while about it um so yeah and i i would have never got him like that if he didn't actually tell me so appreciative at the same time hilarious story oh man it was uh, dude such a good because yeah i i remember just like he told it dude it was it was, you know, I was holding on because we were on separate inter-squad teams, so I wasn't going to give him my little right. insight. But at sure. the same time, we're on the same team. So, you know, after I thought I was done fa- – because I, I think the uh, the bat before, you know, I, I squared a ball up pretty pretty well. And, uh, yeah, I told him afterwards, like, man, you're – like – because he – I mean, he had a hell of a changeup. He did. He had an amazing changeup. He had a hell of a changeup. Lights but, out. Yeah. You know, when he was trying to throw a fastball, he's trying to throw it fast you or past you. You know, I mean, he would make a face where he was, you know, gearing up, really trying to throw it hard. And his changeup, he he wouldn't. You know, right. it's more precision. Yeah. And uh, so I told him that, and dude, he made me eat my words. I swung <laughs> out of my damn shoes, dude. 
he made that face and I was like, oh, hell yeah, fastball. And I, I mean, I looked like a goddamn idiot. Was there a and, moment of recognition afterwards where you guys looked oh, at each other and just laughed? A hundred percent, dude, right after practice. And we started, he was like, oh, you shouldn't have told me. I was like, but at the same time, I was like, dude, yes. I was like, that's, that's it. Like, oh man. It, but uh, it's funny that he brought that up because that is one of my favorite stories because as as you know as a common theme i wasn't always the most insightful baseball player right. so like you know i i i felt kind of like because it was senior year and i kind of yeah. felt you know kind of proud like hey i'm noticing something about right. about your performance and and this is Subtleties you know like, of the game yeah yeah it's kind of rare for me to to acknowledge and and damned if he didn't make me eat my words <laughs> That's perfect. And Harmon is just like an all-time teammate, an all-time guy. And it was I'm, I'm glad we got to get him to be a part of this. Yeah, he's he's a good dude. And and he's yeah. he's sometimes hard to get a get a hold of. That that he dude is. stays very busy these days. Yeah. And uh, to second it, he, he was he was he, Mark was was a good pitcher and he had an absolute one of the best changes I one of the best changeups I think I've ever seen. I mean, it would really disappear. He 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 made me look foolish a few few times as well, Wes. So Oh yeah, man! It, that thing, that thing, could, that just fell off the table. Yep. And then, lastly, of our uh, clips here, I, I got to to talk to Dave Winder as well, who is, you know, he was kind of our, our media guy back in the days. All things Murray State is like the assistant AD now, and you and you guys had a, you guys did a great job when you did, went on his podcast. It was kind of a shorter version of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, we will never go ahead." For, he's a, he's a former bread. Yeah, he was like yeah. an all OBC baseball player. Like, yeah, he was a hell of a baseball player. Yeah, people don't know that about him. Uh, We'll never see another another season like that. Uh, guys were expecting. Oh, he, he commented on on how close uh, this our like team was, and how you could just tell that these guys really liked each other and really pulled for each other, and that it was unique from some other teams he had seen. And then I've got one uh, Dave Dave Winder uh, clip. Here we go. Gosh, Blake, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of great ones, but certainly I would think in the say the 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 most modern era, which I would say maybe from 1980 up until now, there's no question he's probably the best player, certainly the best hitter that's ever uh, put on a Murray State uniform. And when you consider um, how quickly he burst onto the scene mm-hmm. and then that final senior season of 2010 when he hit 400, you know, 22 homers, 86 RBI, scored 77 runs, um, you know, I, I would have to put Wes up there now. Cool. And then, so now here we go, man. We're getting, it's about ready for you to get drafted, buddy. Yeah. So let's just say that you're, we've concluded your, your senior season. We've given you all the stats. We've heard from all your teammates in here. I'd love to hear kind of like what the process was leading up, what you were hearing. You know, what were you being told by scouts? Did you get an agent? Like, what was this process like for you? So um, <clears throat> I hadn't heard anything. I mean, like there were, you know, I, I'd gotten a lot of letters. I'd gotten letters from, you know, probably half the major league teams. Um, and, uh, but I didn't really get a lot of like repeat interest. I mean, some of them, you know, you kind of thought they might be a little bit more interested if they sent a scout personally down to Murray. Yeah. Um, but uh, we ended up, my dad uh, knew of a local guy. He, uh, he was a few years older than me, um, played at one of, uh, I think, one of the Catholic schools in, in Louisville. I, I honestly don't really remember because me and the, the ball player weren't really that close. But my dad knew knew his dad. Mm-hmm. And because in perfect Cunningham fashion, neither myself nor my dad knew anything about what to expect or what this process looked like. 
Yeah. Um, so he reached out to him and he put him in contact with his son's agent. Uh, and he, you know, he ended up signing or I signed with him and, you know, it, it's a really kind of, uh, uh, informal but also formal um process but like you know they don't make any money until you make it to the big leagues so right. like they, you know it's 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 kind of uh uh they get a lot of people uh, a, lo- a lot of prospects and stuff kind of under their uh, under yeah. their wing in the hopes that a few of them will make it sure. but you know it he was great for me he explained the process to me ex- explained what to expect explained you know uh um, what he had been hearing, you know, kind of what the next steps were. And then all throughout uh, my career, he can, you know, he was always a, an advocate, sent me stuff, free stuff all the time. Great guy. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that summer, um, you know, we, we made it to the OVC uh, tournament and I remember losing the last game and it was kind of bittersweet, uh, you know, a lot of the guys on the team, guys who I was very, very close with, were hanging them up for the last time. Yeah. Um, and saying, you know, on the flip side, also saying goodbye to guys I've been playing ball, playing ball with for the last three years, you know, yes. four, three and four years. Two uh, brothers. Some, yeah. And, uh, but I also remember giving my parents, they were at the game and uh, I gave them a big hug afterward. And I remember saying something to my parents, you know, this isn't the end. Um, because, it, you know, it, I'd be lying if I said that it hit me as hard as it hit everyone else, because right. I knew that I would, I would still get a chance to, to keep playing. And, Absolutely. uh, um, so fast forward into the summer, uh, the day of the draft comes around. Um, and like I said, I still hadn't heard really any, any specifics or, or anything if, of anybody being more interested in me. You know, like round else. predictions or anything like we're going to take you. No. In the okay. Um, I knew nothing. And if, wow. and if I, and if I did get any wind of that, then it's been lost to time because of the excitement <laughs> that followed. Because, sure. uh, I remember my dad, uh, I was, I was staying at my folks house and my dad stayed home from work. Uh, he owns his own business, remodels kitchens and, and, uh, uh, intentionally did not schedule any appointments or anything he had to do that day. Yep. So we're both sitting at home and, uh, you know, I've got my computer on volume blasting. Uh, well, I guess I've, I've since learned that this is not how it usually goes for people. Usually you get a heads up, but yeah. we're just sitting there in the living room, not really thinking anything. And all of a sudden I hear my name called over the computer and my dad and I just look at each other like, Oh shit. Like Man. this just happened. And I, you know, embraced huge hug, like, uh, just not knowing, you know, expecting it but still just being blown away by what actually moment. hearing my name gotcha. and then of course my dad was there to, to experience it with me um i ended up getting a text from my agent being like sorry i meant to give you a heads up but <laughs> um i'm gonna let you enjoy this with your family we'll talk and touch base later yeah um and yes uh 17th round uh for the padres man I, uh, so i'm perfect uh i've got this uh i've got a clip on how your dad saw this day ready yeah. Here we go. Don draft day. Well, it was just all I remember. It was uh, I'm self-employed. And um, and uh, when he, um, you know, we knew he was going to be in the draft. I made a yeah. point of ordering a baseball cap from uh, MLB for that 2010 uh, draft. And uh, we were listening to the uh, radio or wherever it was broadcast on some station. We were able to pick it up. 
And I was working from home specifically because I wanted to be there, and I think he was doing something. But we had the radio on loud, and uh, so mm-hmm. that we were both in the family room listening. And um, and he was, again, I'd have to I kick myself. I think it was either 16th or 17th uh, round. 17th. And, 17th, and yes. his name was called, and we both looked at each other. And with shit-eating grins, just, just, you know, cheered and just hugged each other. It was just, it was just yeah. a really cool moment. And uh, yeah. I've got that ball cap. I'm, a, I collect ball caps, but I've got that ball cap somewhere up in my closet. And I wrote on the bill, on the underside of the bill, the, the date, you know, and the round yeah. and everything. And um, yeah, it was just him and me at home that afternoon, and it was really. Yeah. It was it was something it was something to share you know so I'm glad yeah. it meant something to him too <laughs> yeah it's a really cool father son moment exactly that's a really cool father son moment and Core memory. it is and uh, you know my dad is uh, and I I hate to for it to sound like it was all just my pops because my my mom was there every step of the way being of course. Uh, you know another one of my you know my biggest uh, cheerleader. Um, but yeah, it's uh I forgot that he had bought the hat and he uh writing on the underside of bills of hats is kind of a a Don Cunningham MO. I, I, I think I still <laughs> I think it's probably still in my old closet at my parents' house. The um first time I beat him in a round of golf, he bought me a hat and wrote the scores on the other <laughs> side of the bill. And uh That's but, cool. And I don't know if, if if it was the first time I actually beat him or if it was just the first time he let me beat him. Um but yeah, I mean, I, it, it was, it was surreal, you know, I mean, it was nothing I ever expected. It's nothing, uh, if you would have gone back in time, just a few years before that, nobody would have, no. you know, my, my dad and I, we, we couldn't, we, we are two people who couldn't be more uncertain of what this process is like. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, we, uh, Heard the name. I think that night yeah. we went out and had some beers and celebrated. Um, and uh, then it was, you know, kind of back, back yeah. into the grind. What's next? What's it, what, what's, what's it like hearing your name getting called? It was wild. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was 17th round and, uh, and we had had it on since the beginning and you know, you're listening, but at a certain point it just kind of becomes background noise. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of names called. Sure. And it was one of those things I kind of had to do like a, an audio double take, you know, like, wait, what? And he, I remember, I remember specifically, I can remember where he was sitting. I was on the couch. He was at the, uh, at the dining room table and we both just kind of like looked up, like, did, did you heard that too? Right. I'm not, I'm not just making that up. You heard it too. Yeah. Um, and it's just this excitement mixed with this, like, you know, total just it, it's 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 like a weight is lifted off your shoulders because like wow it actually happened yeah but then also just this uh this level of excitement of like what does my future look like now you know because at, at this yeah. point you know who picks you it dictates where you go you know uh where you'll spend the next several months what your next few years is going to look like you know i mean that it's not just uh oh yeah you knew you were going to get to play you get to play you know it's oh this is who picked me this is what round now where am i going you know it's like 
right. what part of the world am I going to, am I, you know, what, what part of the country am I going to get shipped to? It's, yeah. it's wild, man. It, it, it's just, it's very surreal. So how long after that, in terms, were you in talks with the Padres about, was, you know, this is when we, we get into like the, the whole senior sign thing. You know, I, I, I looked it up. I didn't see that there was any bonus. Did you get any money? I got a thousand dollars. Thousand bucks. Thousand okay. bucks. Senior yeah. sign. And right, so, uh, so that's where, where we kind of get into the like, does the red shirt matter? It could have played into a factor of like when you get drafted, how much money, leverage, things like that. But I mean, of course, it's, you know, it's looking back, it's who knows. But yeah, what well, was that like for you? Yeah, something like that's that's one of those things. So uh, obviously at the time, you know, I, I kind of understood the senior sign from the little bit I'd talked to the scout before. Um, uh, I had talked to Calhoun. He was drafted the year before. Uh, he, he was drafted as a red shirt junior. Yeah. Um, uh, but he still gave me some insight on what to expect. So I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting anything more than the, than this, you know, standard senior sign. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, when, when you, when you kind of talk about that, that rich, one thing that kind of becomes apparent when you make it into a professional baseball, minor league baseball, uh, at least from my, you know, perspective my experience and my understanding is that leverage matters a lot yeah. you know it uh it, it dictates how much money you'll make how early you'll get picked it dictates the uh you know the length of the leash that you get when you're in the system yeah you know i mean if obvious i mean it, it's all it all comes down to you know basic capitalism right how much money did we spend on you yeah that you know, if we spend a lot of money on you, then we you know we're going to give you a little bit extra leash to to prove that we our our money wasn't wasted. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. And you know, on the flip side, uh, you know, senior sign, it's it's that mentality. You don't have any leverage. Yeah. You either take it, right, or you hang them up. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, and, but again, at, at at that time, I I wasn't thinking about oh what could have been, what would have no. been, you know, and. I, I didn't have any money. So, I mean, a thousand dollars sounded like a lot of money. You know? cool. I mean, yeah. like, you know, I was like, you're going to give me money to play baseball. Enough said. Let's go. Yeah. And like, all right. I would have, you know, I would have signed for a freaking sandwich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, so like, you know, kind of like what you're saying, you know, that, that uh, uh, hindsight's 2020, you know, it could have yeah. been that, Oh, what if, what if I would have, uh, you know, gotten drafted as a redshirt junior, well, how much money would, you know, what it's fun to, it's fun to imagine what ifs, but sure. it's, yeah. you know, I, I could not have been the, even that mentality didn't even, I don't even think it, it right. Even entered my mind until years later. Yeah. You had a, you, you had a journey you're about to embark on here. Yeah. Um, I was just along for the ride. And this is the perfect spot. Let's take a five minute break here. You, you cool with that? Little, oh yeah. A little bathroom break. And we'll, we'll, Get right back after it. Heck yeah. All right, buddy.